checking to see if you're awake, checking to see if your speakers are working. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. You know, uh, for me, you know, sometimes um, there's a brother who watches me and uh, he has a bunch of uh, hundreds of websites that he hosts. And um, he lives in Minnesota. And uh, I asked that brother one time I had the idea for an app, you know, that uh, they probably have one that can that would um, be like a smart volume, you know, on televisions. They have that smart volume. So sometimes commercials are louder and all that. So I was telling them they should have a smart volume on app. So sometimes you turn on a video and then they'll have this blaring uh, intro music. It's very annoying. And then, you know, the, there's all that fluctuation in the volume. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you watch this on a repeat, I invite you to skip ahead. Francis, Benji, God is Holy, Kentucky, Lucy, David, Nick at Night. Hallelujah. Sister Barbara. Yes. We're going home. And the Lord gave me two excellent Bible verses. If you guys watched the video I made two days ago with the word I got from the Lord, um, you know, the Lord was talking about the books are opened and all this uh, from Daniel chapter seven that we talked about several words about the uh, I went back to the beginning. Sister Deborah was first and Benji then Melissa. God bless you guys tonight. Hallelujah. Paulette, Connie, Brother Al, Laura, JJ. I don't know if I miss anybody. Eyes on Jesus. Jesus saves. Candace, how are you doing? Praise the living God, brothers and sisters. Brother Bill, how are you? Yes. Amen. Sister Barbara, thank you for that. Hit the like button. Yes, we can get this out. We're going home soon. Had an amazing dream from the Lord last night. And as I was preparing to make the video today, the Lord gave me two Bible verses and showed me some things. And I'm going to share that, too, as much as I can. Part of the dream I had, I believe, is a personal word for this nationally famous preacher. And so the part of the dream, um, which some of you guys who watch me, you'll probably know what it is. And it wasn't Joel Osteen. I'll say that. Hallelujah. You'll probably know what the Lord had shown me about this preacher. And uh, many of you would probably already think that. Hallelujah. What the Lord showed me. So uh, by the grace of God, I'll be able to share the word with that brother or, you know, the Lord. Well, I'd say he probably wouldn't listen. He probably wouldn't listen. Hallelujah. That's up to him. It's the thing about it when if someone who is a prosperity, you know, prosperity preachers a lot or anybody like that, they will surround themselves with people, so-called quote unquote prophets that I talked about a few months ago. And they will prophesy that, you know, the Lord said, if you sow a hundred dollar seed, they're going to give you a new car and God's going to give you a new house and all that. And God does bless us. And I'm believed that God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Third John, uh, the Bible says that. So, you know, the Lord, it said, the Bible says that I didn't never saw the, you know, the children of God begging bread in the street. So God wants us to be blessed. And I believe for all that. And I don't think it's a sin if, you know, you need a car and you ask the Lord, make a way. I, I need a new vehicle and then you'll get a new vehicle. You know, you'll get a vehicle that you need. There's no sin in any of that. There's a lot of Pharisaical people that think so. But of course, the gospel is not money, right? Uh, we, a kingdom is not a flesh and blood. But it's a spiritual thing, right? And so the Lord, uh, yesterday, as, as I'm thinking about it right now, on that same topic, just yesterday, uh, I was praying to the Lord about going back to the Philippines and this kind of stuff and uh, what we would do long term if the Lord's not coming back now. And uh, the Lord spoke to me what I've been saying to you guys all the time, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, you know, everything you need will be added unto you. Now, it's just that simple. If you would pursue the Lord and seek the Lord and seek his face, 
and and his righteousness and follow the Lord, he'll, he'll provide everything you need. You know, so that's like even myself. I'm asking the Lord about specifics about me going to the Philippines to evangelism or this our long term where we would stay here or what. And that's what the Lord told me. So it's a matter of walking by faith, brothers and sisters, even though I believe the Lord's coming back very soon. And we're going to be talking about that. But let's just say no man knows the day of the hour. So, I mean, the Lord can, might not come back for 20 more years, even though I don't believe that. But only the Lord knows. And in the meantime, we're supposed to walk by faith. And that's what you got to get through your head, brothers and sisters. I got to get through my head. We all got to get through our head that we're to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything we need, he's going to provide for us, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It's just so childlike simple. So hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, we give you all the praise and all the glory tonight, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, your peace, the joy that we have. In knowing you, Lord, hallelujah, Father, we give you all the praise and glory, Lord. I come in agreement with uh, our brother, the apostle Paul, who said, I count all my life and everything I've ever done as trash, as garbage for the sake of knowing you, Lord Jesus, for the sake of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and to be an inheritor of his kingdom, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, the Bible says, hallelujah, Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight, Lord. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, pour out your wisdom and your spirit upon this video, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel led by the Lord. Those of you guys are regular praise and worshipers with me and lovers of the Lord. Well, you know, I got to sing a song for the Lord. It's, it's in my spirit from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's uh, you deserve the glory. And I sing that. I've sang that before. And I felt led by the Lord to sing two songs tonight, which I usually never announce that. Uh, you deserve the glory. And the other one is, uh, for the last several days, the Lord keeps pressing me about this song, Angus Die, you know, which is, Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? That song, those two songs. But I, I just want to sing, you deserve the glory. And then I'm going to share with you guys. And those people that run to and fro, they're not my regular viewers. They're like, well, what's the dream that you have? It's the Lord confounds the wise with simple things, brothers and sisters. All through my videos for 11 years on YouTube, all the nuggets the Lord gave me, they're in there. And the bad part is I couldn't find them if I wanted to find them. Sometimes I have notes. I can look at the date of the notes and then go back and look at the videos and try to find them. But. The Lord did it that way, brothers and sisters, that only those who are seeking the things, you know, be like minded or like in spirit with me would find those things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give him the praise. Let's tell him you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You know, the Lord said he would not share his glory with another. And so I'm saying, you know, I believe why I'm singing that. Well, the Lord's leading me to it. But I want to say, you know, like the Lord gives people dreams and visions and words and all that. You guys who follow me and know, 
all the glory belongs to the Lord. And uh, it reminds me of a dream that uh, Brother Gary had on that very topic, you know, that, uh, you know, the Lord is the one who gets the glory. Hallelujah. We know that. Uh, Brother Gary Bear, I just mentioned about him because it came to mind about a dream he had on the very topic, you know, that the Lord gets all the glory. And, uh, you know, I, and I always say that, and I, but I, we all need to be reminded of that. He deserves all the glory, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. Yeah. Songs, dreams, visions, words, Bible verses, rhema words, rhema, rhema, the Greek word for a word from the word, a now word right now. Hallelujah. So the Lord had given me a dream about a specific preacher, and I'm not going into all the details. Some of the details are for him. And I believe by the grace of God, I will give him that word. In my dream, I got a word to give to Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Copeland, brothers and sisters. In my dream, I was at his house with my wife. And we were talking about the rapture and all this. But now he, he wasn't talking. I was telling him, you know, we had to get ready for the rapture and blah, blah, blah. And then he didn't say anything. He, he and his wife went to bed and they were asleep. And so that has a meaning to it. And there were more parts to it. But my wife and I stayed up and we kept praising the Lord, you know, and saying it's time for the rapture. And uh, but then the Lord said to me. In a, in a unique way that, that, that um, you know, that I wouldn't think about. The Lord said that Kenneth Copeland will die before the apostles of the end times come forth. Before the apostles of the end times come forth. So, you know, when I woke up, I, you know, it woke me up. And I was thinking about the 144,000 witnesses, you know. And then there's the two witnesses. I mean, the Lord told his disciples and there in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you know, they were witnesses to the resurrection. They were witnesses of his baptism all the way to his resurrection. So, you know, you guys, most people, including myself, the discussion is who are the two witnesses? You know, Moses and Enoch or Moses and Elijah or Elijah and Enoch, Elijah and Moses. OK, so but Jesus told his disciples that, you know, tarry at Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that you might be witnesses for me, witnesses for me. So the apostle, a word apostle means sent one, but it also means a witness. Of course, there's 144,000 witnesses, right? I mean, the Jehovah Witnesses try to claim that they are the 144,000, but of course, it'll be, you know, the Israelite men. And so we're talking about during the tribulation. So it's, there's the two witnesses and then the 144,000 witnesses and also like apostles they are sent ones the lord will send them so that of course the two witnesses will be sent too so when you read your bible and rightly divide the word i know there's people stumble upon this video that are armchair quarterbacks armchair preachers and don't know anything you know they have all a lot everybody has an opinion when it comes to politics and religion and i don't know why uh they don't usually do that to doctors and lawyers and judges and things like that but they love to uh Try to teach preachers and, uh, you know, and maybe politicians too or whatever. But uh, anyhow, when you rightly divide the word, you'll see that those end times apostles, which I, I would never use that expression or never heard that expression. And that's why it really caught me off guard. Well, you know, that is during the tribulation. So that means that, the, the you know, the before the rapture, because that was the theme of my dream was I was telling Kenneth Copeland, you know, hey, we need to stop talking about prosperity. In this life, and we need to start getting ready for the rapture. And I was trying to get him, you know, and I, from the Lord to get, you know, fired up and start teaching about the rapture, the return of the Lord, and not about 
having a mansion in a private jet and all that stuff. Okay. And so that's the word from the Lord. So I wanted to share that, that, uh, so I, I take that as a, from the Lord. It was a dream from the Lord. That's a sign. You know, so we say that, of course, I think he's in his eighties. I'm sure he's in his eighties. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, as I mentioned before, the most surprising thing about Kenneth Copeland, which you probably don't know, is he actually had a top 10 or top 20 rock and roll song. He had, was a rock and roll singer in the 1950s. And he had a song that was a, was in like the top 20 or top 30 hit song in rock music in the 1950s. When I was studying for the book that the Lord gave me to write, 2013, you know, one of the, the about the, de, the Satan's plan for the ages, our final boarding call, Satan's plan for the ages and our last mission. As we're talking about our last mission before the rapture. I came across the fact that he had he had, he had a hit rock song and it's horrible. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. You should look it up and listen to it. And it is a horrible song. I mean, you know, it's just terrible. It's got to go down as one of the worst songs. I'm sorry to say, but I mean, this is not good. I've never heard of it before. This is hilarious. So I wanted to share that. And so he's 86. So it's, it seems like, well, you know, how much longer will he live? Right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord uh, for a dream from the Lord. Not about somebody dying, but so there's lots. We know that he's very controversial. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about it's true. And I say it all the time in reference to Joel Osteen or whomever. Right. Liberal denominations, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, whoever they are. Part of the gospel is Jesus is coming back to judge the quick and the dead or the living in the dead in modern English. That's part of the gospel. And anybody that's not preaching the full counsel of God, well, they need to preach the full counsel of God. People need to know that Jesus is coming back. They need to know that everything's coming together. And, you know, that's and there's very few preachers. I have so many people that follow me. For the last 11 years who are active members in a church and they, they may even be elders in their church and deacons in their church and all this. And they all tell me the same thing. I talked to my pastor about teaching about the end times or teaching about the rapture. I think near, I think nearly a hundred, almost a hundred percent. I think I remember one person said their preacher teaches on the end times. Almost every church, almost a hundred percent. They say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be wrong about it. I'm not sure if there's a rapture or not. I'm not sure if it's literal or allegoric. I don't want to scare the people, you know, yes, because they're building their own kingdom. They are building a kingdom. See, because people that are carnal minded, just like some people that come in the comments here, people that are not spiritual minded, or maybe people that are not that bright. I don't know. They're kind of slow. They'll say, like us, we built those orphanages in the Philippines. And they'll say, why are you building an orphanage in the Philippines if you believe the rapture is going to be tomorrow? You know, trying to mock the ministry of the Lord. Uh, they'll say something like, well, why are you writing a book if the rapture is going to be soon? Well, when I get raptured, there's no work that I've done for the Lord that will be in vain. God will use it. The Lord said his word would not return unto him void, but would accomplish what he pleases. So like these videos I'm loading. You know, they could get someone saved, you know, after the rapture. I'm sure they probably will before they take it down. The orphanages we got in the Philippines, and then we have try to store food and all that. Somebody's going to eat it. And then through that process, there'll be people getting saved through our ministry after we're gone. And But there's a lot of people that are claimed to be Christians. They're carnal-minded, obnoxious, 
slow-minded, as a, maybe the King James language, let's call it half-witted, slow-witted, something, I don't know, uh, blinded by the enemy. Because, see, and the Lord's had me say this. Think about this. When people would say that, what does that say about their motive? Their motive. See, so what we do for the kingdom of God, when I do this as an example, let's just say that you felt led to give money to Kenneth Copeland Ministry. Okay. That's between you and the Lord. But if you say, oh, I'm giving to Kenneth Copeland Ministry because I, I need it, you know, God's going to, I'm buying a miracle from God. Well, you know, you're wrong. God don't do that. But if you said, I'm giving to Kenneth Copeland Ministry for years and I've been blessed. And then someone says to you, well, Kenneth Copeland is, is living large off of the money that people get. See? So the thing that you would say is, well, if it's true, the Lord led me to give to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And so what Kenneth Copeland does with that money, he's got to answer to the Lord for it, not me. And, and, and I prayed about it and I felt led by the Lord to keep giving to him, to his ministry. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit there and not give or give because I say, well, I believe that Kenneth Copeland should have, you know, bigger growth in his ministry. His church is not growing fast enough. So therefore I'm not going to give there anymore or whatever people think, or the benefits that I get, or that's the way people are motivated. They're motivated about their, as we're talking about tonight, the Lord deserves the glory. They're thinking about their glory, their benefit. Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. When he talked about giving, he said, give in secret and the father will be the one to reward you. When you pray, pray in secret. God is the one to reward you. So God, we talk about the rewards in heaven. Since we're talking about the rapture, let's talk about the rewards we get in heaven. The Lord is judging us on why we did something. So in other words, if I'm making this video because I won't get attention, there are, you know, I, I, he's the best one, Obegley, an attention seeker, an attention hound, by far in my observation. As an example, and I'm, I'm sure there's others, whatever, there's a lot of politicians or people that are teach, attention seekers. They want to be famous in their own right, not as a famous preacher, but famous themselves, their name, not Jesus Christ, but their name. The Lord sees all that, brothers and sisters. He sees the motives, the thoughts, and intents of our hearts. So it's not that, well, uh, Kenneth Copeland's ministry is a prosperity ministry and it's bad, but it's really true. I, you know, I would advise if you feel led by the Lord to give his ministry, pray about it and make sure that's really from the Lord. Because in my mind, I would say I wouldn't do that. But if the Lord led you to, that's what you should do. If you really believe that and your motive is not, well, God's going to give me a gold plate of Cadillac because I gave to Kenneth Copeland. You know, I'm giving because that's where the Lord led me to give. That's what you should do. Whatever. Benny Hinn, any con these controversial people that do preach the gospel somewhere in there. Now, like you say, so people say, well, Kenneth Copeland, they believe he's a heretic. Well, no, don't give. There, and you can't judge if someone else feels led to give. I've just advised them to pray about it. But God is looking at the thoughts and intents of our heart. That's what I say. So, as again, if you do something in the name of the Lord, like in the Philippines, I work with lots of pastors and some of them are great. And some of them, you know, I've found out that they're not so great. You know, if the Lord leads me to give them time to repent and keep working with them and talk to them, I will. So when I give money there for the feedings and I give money there to those pastors to go out and do evangelism, if they're not doing right, they got to answer to the Lord for that. 
and maybe the Lord's given them space to repent. I don't know unless the Lord tells me. So that's what I'm saying. Most people that don't give, they don't give because money is their God. And a bunch of people watching me, I'm sure that's very true. You're going to have to give an account to the Lord. If you've been a good steward with what God gave you. So if you, if you, you know, like I say, if you know, you see, oh, this ministry is doing something bad. Then you say, well, I'm not going to give there. Unless the Lord commanded me to, I'm not going to. From my opinion, my observation is bad. So the Lord's had me say that for whatever reason, for somebody. I guess because we're talking about Kenneth Copeland or whatever, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. So I got a couple Bible verses as the Lord wants me to share with you. Hallelujah. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be looking at that. Okay. Starting at verse 4. And they asked Jesus, you know, when's the end going to be? Matthew 24 is known as the Olivet Discourse. So the Lord says, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famine and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, various places. And so the next verse is the verse that the Lord gave me, specifically verse 8. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So it's what the Lord is telling me, you know, tonight. These are the beginning of sorrows. It's the birth pains. It's already been going on. But now this is the beginning of the real birth pains. Talking about the tribulation is upon us, brothers and sisters. So we know that that means the rapture is going to be sooner than that. Okay. So the Lord has given me that. And he gave me another text. What the Lord is doing, what the Lord is about to do, what the Lord is doing. The Lord told me nobody's going to be able to stop it. And so he gave me this text. The Lord said, this is the beginning of sorrows and what the Lord is about to do. No one will be able to stop it. You know, and so then he gave me this text, which I, I never thought about this text in reference to the tribulation or stopping the Lord, stopping the 144,000 witnesses. I would say specifically as the Lord had shown me in the dream last night that Kenneth Copeland would die before the, the end time, the, the, the ministry of the apostles of the end times, okay, would begin. Okay, so Acts chapter 5, the apostles were being persecuted for using the name of Jesus. They were teaching and preaching the gospel in the temple, and they were arrested. And so this man, Gamaliel, he was the, and still today in Israel, in Judaism, Gamaliel is considered like the greatest teacher in all of the history of Judaism. His number one star student that I talked about in, the, in this day was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was on his way to be the next Gamaliel. If he hadn't converted, he would have been known as maybe the greatest teacher in all of Judaism. That's why the Lord chose him. He was, you know, as I, I made a video the other day about that. Gamaliel, every rabbi, rabbinical student wanted to be Gamaliel's protege. And he only picked a few people. Out of all the diaspora of Jews all around the, the Roman Empire, Paul was one of them. That's why he was in Jerusalem, because he was the top star of his generation in wisdom and brains and understanding of the law of Moses. So the Lord took the most hardcore guy who was killing Christians, having Christians prosecuted and killed to become the really the number one superstar apostle that everybody knows about, the apostle Paul. Because God used him because of his genius ability to explain theology. Whereas the other apostles were mostly fishermen and God used them mightily. But when it came to theology, it's the apostle Paul, brothers and sisters. And 
he was this number one student of this guy, Gamaliel. So before Paul became Paul, he was still Saul of Tarsus, the rabbi, the student of Gamaliel. I'm sure Paul was standing there when this happened. There he was, as Jesus told him on the road to Damascus, it's hard for you to keep kicking against the goads or the prods, King James uses different word, the prods that I have to try to get you to know that I'm the Messiah. This is one of them. He was standing there then. Brothers and sisters, so what did Gamaliel say? And I just want to start at 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Leave these, don't hurt these men and, le and leave them alone. For if this counsel or work be of men, it will come to naught or nothing. He's talking about, you know, the, the gospel about Jesus. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Least happily, you find yourself even to fight against God. And to him that agreed, and to and to with him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them and commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were kind of worthy to suffer shame for his name. So, brothers and sisters, the word that the Lord wants us to get, this is the beginning of sorrows. And then verse 39, if this be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Please happily you be find yourself even fighting against God. So the, in the in like an NIV and all that, it'll say um, you cannot stop it. King James is overthrow it. This is from God. What God is doing and what's a, what's coming, what's about to happen. We're talking about the tribulation, the you know, the the unleashing of the tribulation. And I've talked about that many times to you guys before. A lot of times people are sitting there talking about the Antichrist and the evil, like we talk about Sleepy Joe and the deep state and whatever you want to talk about, the European Union, the World Economic Forum and all that. Ultimately, brothers and sisters, don't forget God is doing this. God is allowing this. As I've told you guys many times, you read the book of Daniel, which we just talked about, the book of Daniel in the last video that I did two nights ago. The theme of the book of Daniel, God's sovereignty over the kingdoms of men. It's like dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, making Nebuchadnezzar lose his mind for seven years because he, what did he do? That's the theme from the Lord tonight. What did Nebuchadnezzar do? Why did God make him insane like a beast for seven years? Because he took all the glory. He didn't give God the glory that God is the one that put him in power. That's the theme for tonight. You know, you deserve the glory. We give God all the glory. That's what I should have titled the video because it keeps coming back. You think about that. Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord has given me something on that right now while I'm talking. And I mentioned this the other night, and I've made many videos about it. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue that people know about. And he saw the kingdoms of men is what it was. From Babylon all the way down to the revived Roman Empire is the toes that are mixed partly in iron and partly of clay. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 and 28, 26, 27, 8 tells us it's the revived Roman Empire, the European Union, actually. That's where the Antichrist will come from. That's what the Bible says. So you see this statue, and I mentioned many times, Nebuchadnezzar sees in his dream the kingdoms of men as statues. He makes the statue and tells everybody to worship it. Okay, then Daniel. Chapter 7 that we talked about two nights ago. Daniel has a dream and sees the same kingdoms and they are beast, right? So I just realized right now while I was talking that Nebuchadnezzar took all the glory for him having the greatest kingdom on earth, even after he had a dream from God showing him that he was the head of gold, you know, like the greatest nation to ever be in the history of man. He took it as he did it. 
But what did God do? God turned him into how God sees the kingdoms of man. God turned him into a beast, brothers and sisters. See, it's a whole nother message from the Lord. So when he became a beast, what happened to him? He lost his mind. Kind of reminds me of Sleepy Joe. I mean, people, the Bible says that people who are not saved, Satan has darkened their minds. Satan has blinded them. Think about, okay, I keep going with this. So in Sodom and Gomorrah, when the men came there to rape the angels, who they thought were men, at Lot's house, the angels struck them with blindness that they couldn't find their way around. So they were already blind spiritually, brothers and sisters. And then the angels struck them physically blind. And then what happened then? The, the tribulation in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is a great message, a great new word from the Lord. The Lord is giving me right now just on the spot. As soon as they were blinded, wise, so that Lot and his family could escape the tribulation that was coming on Sodom, brothers and sisters, Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's like when you read Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, and it goes through the progression of sin. And, and I haven't looked at that in a while, but it, it, it starts, you know, they start worshiping the creation instead of creator. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, global warming and all that stuff. A veganism, uh, PETA and all that, exalting animals to equal to humans, worshiping the creation instead of the creator. But the, it goes all the way to the point of it progresses to uh, rain, to the Rainbow Coalition. I better say because you know YouTube. It's the Rainbow Coalition. Uh, coalition. It becomes they become fluid in what they like and all that. That's the progression. And then the end is they are blinded, brothers and sisters. They are blinded, and then the end shall come, brothers and sisters. It shall come upon them as a flood, and they shall not escape, brothers and sisters. So what did the Lord say? I've talked about this many times. It's you know from the Lord when Jesus was born. It says in the Bible that at the fullness of times, God sent his son. At the fullness of times. I've, I've made videos and talked about this before many times. So I'm saying it now. God told Abraham. Abraham had a dream. And God said, your descendants will go down to Egypt. You know, they're going to be enslaved there. And they're going to come back as a mighty nation. That's one thing God did. Just like now, Israel's being reformed as a mighty nation in preparation for Jesus' return. OK, but another thing God told him, God told Abraham, you know, Abraham was walking around in the land of Canaan, Israel today, and then his Isaac and then Jacob. Right. And they all went down in the famine with Joseph. OK, God said the timing of me bringing your the, your descendants back to this land is what was it when they became a great nation? No. What was God's timing for the children of Israel to come back? and give the beat down through Joshua to these wicked people that were there. That's why they hate Israel today, because God used them to literally give them a physical beat down, and they're going to do it again. It's going to happen in the world of Gog and Magog. Actually, God's going to do it himself. Israel don't have to do anything. But they've been giving their enemies the beat down like five wars. They've been attacked since 1948, and God made a way they want. Not only did they win every uh, surprise attack, they actually gained territory. That's why they're hated, because God is doing it. So why? When was the timing of them coming to the land of Canaan with Joshua? What did God tell Abraham? Go back and look at Genesis. God said, when the fullness of the sins of the Canaanites is full. So in the fullness of times, God sent his only son. In the fullness of sin, 
of the Canaanites, God sent judgment on the Canaanites. We always people are always talking about when you watch non-believers like Larry King and all that. They'll say, well, you know, God in the Old Testament, he was commanding them to kill people, do this and do that and the other. And God's evil and God's mean and all this. God said why? They were wicked people, kind of like that we see today. They were offering their children in the fire to Moloch and all that. That's why God brought judgment on them. Plus, they were mixing with the Nephilim. There were giants there. God didn't want them to contaminate the bloodline of the Messiah. When the Israelites came in there, God said, don't marry them and wipe them all out because they had giants there. It's right there in the Bible, brothers and sisters. In Exodus, it's there in Joshua. See, King David with Goliath. Still giants in the land all the way through the life of King David, 1000 BC, all the way up till then, at least, brothers and sisters. It's like the, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of, be. Their son of Man be. They're coming back. They're coming back. People today would call them UFOs. People today would call them aliens. But they are demons, brothers and sisters. It's part of the great deception of the devil. So God has been holding back the tribulation, not just for people to get saved. The fullness of times, the fullness of the sin and rebellion of the people, brothers and sisters. We very rarely ever talk about that. I've talked about it a little bit, and the Lord wants you to get that tonight. So just as he waited for the fullness of the sins of the Canaanites, and he waited for the, you know, the, you know, the fullness of, of the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah, when they said, oh, we're going to rape these angels who they thought were men. And then Lot said, don't do anything to these. Here, I'll give you my two virgin daughters. You know, which I mean, well, Lot, that's, I guess, something that they would do in those days. I don't know, but that's what Lot said. And, people, you know, we're not talking about that. But those men said, hey, who does this stranger think he is? He thinks he's better than us. We're going to do worse to you than what we were going to do to those other two guys. See, they didn't want Lot's daughters. They wanted, they was going to rape Lot. And they would have killed him. So the depravity, brothers and sisters, had had got to the point, you know, God said enough is enough. So we should not be surprised when we see the Pope saying all the wicked things he's saying. It's the fullness of times of the mystery Babylon religion. I mean, he just said the other day, as the Lord is, you know, having me say this, because I don't care what the Pope said. He's not even a Christian. He's an antichrist. But what did he say? The, in South America, they've got some new Native American mass with all this voodoo mixed into it or, or, or witchcraft mixed into it. And the Pope said it was great. The Pope said there's no hell. People are shocked. They said, oh, the Pope said there's no hell. Well, he's not even a Christian. So there's nothing he can say that will surprise me because he's not saved. As a matter of fact, he's an antichrist. He's more dangerous than an atheist because he's pretending to be a Christian. You talk about a pretender to the throne. We have a pretender to the throne in the United States and they have a pretender to the throne in the Vatican, you know, and the Antichrist. Well, we thank you, Lord. See, Lord's giving me a whole nother line on this. The Antichrist is a pretender to the throne of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Lord is reminding me of a message he gave me the other day that I talked about Solomon, Jedediah, how he was not in line to be the king. Absalom, who was in line to be the king, and then he rebelled against his father as a pretender to the throne, and they killed him. And then when David was on his deathbed, I just made a video about this the other day from the Lord. Absalom's younger brother, Abijah, Abijah or Abijah, he declared himself, he made it, he was a pretender to the throne. He just took the throne and said, and had people anoint him, and he's the king. Had a celebration and everything. And then the God made a way because. 
The Lord wanted to show us it was by grace. So we talk about divorce. We talk about all those things, adultery, et cetera, et cetera. King David, a man after God's own heart, he sinned. Like every other human that ever lived besides Jesus, King David sinned. Committed adultery, had the husband killed to cover up his sin. But yet, that very woman, Bathsheba, God used the very same woman that stumbled King David. She didn't do anything wrong. He did it. To bring forth Solomon, who was not in line. David had four wives and he had a bunch of kids. Solomon was way out of the secession to the throne. But yet by grace, and especially because it was Bathsheba, especially because of what King David had done, God chose the son of that union to ascend to the throne to be king. And so I believe it represents the church. Of course, it also represents the Lord Jesus Christ. There's this, you know, Absalom and his brother pretenders to the throne, like the Antichrist, the devil, Absalom, then his son, you know, the son of the devil, the Antichrist, pretenders to the throne. But the Lord is the king of kings. The throne belongs to him, you know. And I think, of course, what King Solomon, what did King Solomon do? He built the, the temple. So just, I mentioned it the other day. I just talked about that the other day. The Lord was showing me, you know, King Solomon on it in his own, just like us as Christians, not about, about Jesus, but about us, the body of Christ. We didn't do anything to deserve to be part of the temple of God. We are living stones, the Bible says, in the temple of God. So what does the temple do? What's the, what's the temple for? So a lot of people are very religious. And as I mentioned, that's why I do not like to hear people debating about all these secondary theological arguments. What's the temple for? What was King Solomon's temple for? to offer sacrifices, to offer praise, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for us in the New Testament, Romans 12, to come before the Lord and praise and worshipers, a whole army of priests to go in there and do praise and worship. We are praise and worshipers before the Lord, to go into the Holy of Holies, to go in there and, you know, with the, the light and the showbread and all those things. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We are the temple and we're supposed to be in the secret place of the Most High God. The dwelling place, he who dwells in the secret place. What's the secret place? The Holy of Holies in the heart of Christ. So that's why people ain't supposed to be in the temple talking about anything else. But they're to talk and worship God. Talk to God and worship God. So it reminds me, the Lord's reminding me, this whole other thing. The Lord's really giving me lots of great stuff tonight. When they built the temple, they had a rule. No equipment was allowed to be in the temple area. Every stone that they formed everything they built it outside the temple area and then they carried the stones in there and assembled it there was no hammering or any chiseling or any tools allowed on the temple mount brothers and sisters it had to be prepared on the ground and then carried up there how about that that's a whole message in itself see the lord would shape us outside the camp we would get cleaned up as jesus was crucified outside the camp like the red heifer and then when we're the Lord has perfected us, then he assembles us, you know. And so that's another type of the rapture, right? When all those stones are perfected, they're put together, and there you have the assembled temple of God. So a lot of times, this is what the Lord is having me say to you. Everybody keeps saying Solomon's temple. But the Lord, why are you saying Solomon's temple? God built that temple. So when you think about, you know, you deserve the glory. See, a lot of times we give King Solomon the glory for building the temple when really God had the temple built. As a matter of fact, I mean, that's what we're talking about. 
Solomon was chosen by grace, just like us. See, King David, King Solomon's father, like our heavenly father, he did all the work. King David is the one that, that physically killed all the Philistines and all that and bought the threshing floor of Ordinan the Jebusite to build the temple and got everything ready. King David's the one that did all the work. King David was a man after God's own heart. It's like, well, in this case, it's like Jesus Christ is to us. The Lord is the one who sacrificed for us to be in this place. You know, so King David is like, of course, Jesus sits supposed to sit on the throne of King David. You know, he is like the son of David is what the Jews call him. So to be the son of David, to be like David. Of course, he is the son of God, too. He's the son of man. He's like the son of David. So David was a worshiper, a praiser and a worshiper and a warrior. So that's a whole nother message in itself. King David was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd who became a king. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he is also the king of kings. Many other things there that we could talk about. But Solomon was not in line to be king. He never did it. You think King Solomon really didn't do, have to do anything. It was all given to him on a golden platter. He God gave him wisdom and a heart of understanding. And he was the richest man and this wisest man that lived. He got to build the temple for God. He even had a, started a navy. And Israel expanded. The greatest moment in Israeli history was when King Solomon was in there. King Solomon was raised as the son of the king. There was He was not involved in any wars or any of that. All the other kings, you go read the kings. King David and then the descendants of Solomon. They're inviting, involved in all these wars and all this stuff. King Solomon, kings and queens came to see him and see his the glory that God had given him and the wisdom that God had given him. And all these things. He and 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 he just had it this, he was rich and all those things, naturally, physically, spiritually, everything from God, brothers and sisters. It was all totally God said, I'm doing this because I love David. I promised David I would do this, and that's why I'm doing it. So it's a whole nother message here. I need to make a video on this. So, in other words, why does the Lord, why does the Father love us? Why does the Father forgive us? Why does the Father bless us? Because of Jesus, what Jesus did, brothers and sisters, God, you know, the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us, brothers and sisters. And God honors Jesus because of Jesus. For the sake of Jesus Christ, God is honoring everything he said. And he's receiving anybody who Jesus receives, the Father receives. So see, we see that in a type with King David and Solomon. God did it all by grace because he loved David, promised David. So you could also take that to the next level and talk about Israel. God's promised all those different people. And he says throughout the prophets in the Old Testament, these people have been wicked and bad and all that. But I promised Abraham, who was a friend of mine. Abraham was my friend. And I promised him that I would bless his seed. And he said, God says it through the Bible over and over again. I don't know how many times. Because somebody I knew is a friend of mine. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph. The guys that I promised that I was going to I was going to deliver their seed. And that's why I'm going to do it. Same thing with King Solomon. King Solomon ended up marrying all these foreign wives. He did lots of things against the law of Moses. He built high places and allowed his foreign wives to build worship centers to their gods. 
And God told Solomon, I'm going to take the kingdom away, but not from you, because I promised David I would not in your lifetime. Only because I promised David. Not because you're a great guy or anything you did. He said, because I promised David, I will not take the kingdom away from you in your lifetime. I'll take it away from your son. So we see the grace of God, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It's what the Lord wants you to know tonight, brothers and sisters. So I will review the three things that the Lord told me because there'll be people coming on here saying, what was the dream that he had? So the Lord, in my dream, the Lord said that Kenneth Copeland would die before the end time, the apostles of the end times would do, would do their ministry or begin. So I take that to mean the 144,000 witnesses, brothers and sisters. So he's talking about the tribulation. So he would die before the rapture. Kenneth Copeland. I knew he was old and uh, Paulette looked it up and said that he was 86 years old. So there you go. I mean, he's old. That's no surprise. But it is a surprise that, you know, I, would, I don't think about Kenneth Copeland. You know, so the Lord's giving me dreams about different things. It's not, I would sit around thinking about Kenneth Copeland one way or the other. Or, you know, it's not in my wheelhouse. But. It just so happens that I'm, I'm I'm about less than 30 minutes away from Kenneth Copeland's church. So maybe that's why the Lord gave it to me. I don't know. But there it is. And then he gave me these two Bible verses. And the Lord said from Matthew 24 about the tribulation, this is the beginning of sorrows. And then another Bible verse he gave me from Acts chapter 5, verse 39. And I use the modern English version. The Lord said, you know, Gamaliel is saying there about the apostles when they wanted to kill the apostles for using the name Jesus. And Gamaliel said, if this be from God, you can't stop it. If it's not from God, it'll come to nothing. So the Lord said to me, what I'm about to begin, no man can stop it. That's what the Lord said to me. What I'm about to begin, no man can stop it. And then he gave me that text. But the word he gave me was that. As a matter of fact, I had a vision. I saw the Lord riding a white horse. And he was riding fast, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said that to me. What I am about to begin, no man can stop. And then he gave me that text, what Gamma Mill said. So that's what the Lord shared with me that he wanted me to share with you, brothers and sisters. The video I made two nights ago, the Lord had given me these other verses that I shared from Daniel chapter 7 was one, that it's time for the books to be open. Talking about judging the, the nations. See? What is the tribulation about, brothers and sisters? See, that's, see, the theme tonight, two themes. God gets the glory and not us, okay? Not Kenneth Copeland, not me, not Nebuchadnezzar, nobody but the Lord, okay? But this other theme that's in through what I'm saying. I usually have these themes from the Lord. I just don't call it out, but I am right now because the Lord is leading me to. The tribulation is coming. One reason is the fullness of sin that we never talk about. It's the fullness of sin of the people, brothers and sisters. That's what the Lord is looking at. So that's why we as Christians shouldn't be shocked and surprised at all the wickedness when they have storybook hour for kids and it's considered great. And anybody that doesn't embrace it is evil. And then Kirk Cameron, he does a Christian storybook hour and all hell shows up. So this is what you would expect, brothers and sisters, in the last days. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't become a lot worse where they start, you know, doing to people like Sodom and Gomorrah and all that. And violence. 
So we pray that that won't happen, but the Lord knows. So I make sure I say that because, you know, the man, uh, I'll say this, that, uh, of course, we pray against any violence against anybody. And we don't want violence definitely against Christians. And, of course, we, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, when someone strikes you on one cheek, unfortunately, the Lord said to turn to him the other cheek, right? And that's what the Lord told us to do. It's easier said than done, but that's what the Lord told us to do. And by his grace, we can do that. We got we, we got to do what the Lord would have us do, brothers and sisters. You look at Stephen. Stephen, when they stoned Stephen, he said, you know, Lord, hold not this charge against them. Yes, it is all backwards, Coy. That's for sure. I know, Coy, you've been watching my videos for a long time, brother. I think when I, since I first started on YouTube. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. He is holy. He is righteous. Brother Parrish, how you doing tonight? Mary Deming. And Foster, Pebbles, David, Diamond, how you doing? Praise God, Brother Bill, Sharon, good morning to you. Top of the morning to you there in the Emerald Isle, praise God. Kentucky Lucy, I think I already said hello to everybody else if I missed somebody. I was talking and missed it. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. All right, well, that is a pretty good while. 11 years, well, there you go. I've been on YouTube going on 12 years this summer. Hallelujah, praise God, yes. Let's tell him, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. We're going home soon, brothers and sisters. As I told you guys, the Lord had showed me that I would, that I would, this ministry, and maybe, you know, I don't know if that's for everybody else, but the Lord showed me this one fat year. You know, and I and, and the Lord had showed me, I've been talking about this in videos. It's like, it's the time for that and the short work that the Lord would do. And I know the Lord keeps talking about me doing more evangelism. Now, is that just on YouTube? Maybe. I'm just, it's all up to the Lord. So that's why I just talked about that thing with King Solomon. It was really evangelism, brothers and sisters. And for us, it's by grace. It is by grace, hallelujah, what God has ordained, brothers and sisters, what God has ordained. Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws them. People, you know, as I always say, people say about, you know, Calvinism versus free will. I'm, what, yeah, I'm, as, I'm as Calvinist as the Lord is in the word, and I'm as free will as the Lord is in the word, whatever. I know there's a mystery to God's sovereignty and our free will. And anybody that thinks they know everything about God, well, pride goes before a fall, brothers and sisters. You need to get off your high horse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We only know about God what he chooses to reveal to us. Even when you can sit there and look at the Bible, you can sit here and memorize the whole Bible, but the Bible itself says that the Bible is spiritually discerned. You can, read the, you can memorize the whole Bible. That don't mean you spiritually discern the meaning of what the Lord, you know, to rightly divide the word of God. That's why we have to keep humbling ourselves. Yep. That's the song, Barbara. That's the other one. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. I don't know if I've ever sung that song. Maybe I have. Yes, I'm not sure. I know the song. I don't think I might have never sang it in a video. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. 
Yes. You are holy, holy. He is holy, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise. Tell him. Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's the second time the Lord has led me to say that tonight. Lord, we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, your kingdom shall not pass away. Oh, ancient of days. That's it. Daniel chapter 7, which is the last video I made. And we talked about that. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Yes, every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne. And worship, you will be exalted, O God, and your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. Yes, that's it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can see that. As a matter of fact, I saw that while I was singing that. I saw us bowing before the throne of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just while with my eyes open. Praise God. Very rarely, but every once in a while, I even see something with my eyes open. At the same time, I can still see. How that works, I don't know, but I know God can do all things. Brothers and sisters, some of you guys experience all those things too. Hallelujah. Praise God. God gifts us all in different areas, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. People are gifted in different ways by the Lord, as Paul tells us, but it's the one self-same spirit. You know, to one is given this gift and one is given that, but it's uh, various operations and diverse operations of the spirit, but one self-same Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. One spirit, one baptism, one savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise his name tonight, brothers and sisters. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I give honor to your name. Oh, Lord. Honor to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Yes, the blood of Jesus. That's it. <clears throat> Amen, Sister Barbara. We thank you for the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts, minds, and bodies tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you deserve all the glory and all the honor and all the praise be unto you, Lord. Unto you, unto you, who sits at the right hand of God, you are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, riches and wisdom and strength. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, Riches and wisdom and strength be unto you, unto you, who sits at the right hand of God. You are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, riches and wisdom and strength. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord tonight, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise. Thank him for all of his goodness. 
Yes, we will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, <clears throat> that's it. That's it, Paulette. Jesus. Oh, that's a different song. You're the sweetest name of all. Jesus, you always hear me when I call. Jesus, you pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, sweetest name of all. Yes, Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. Jesus. You always hear me when I call, Jesus. You pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, sweetest name of all. That's it. That's a different song than you play. Yes. Jesus, name above all names. You're the beautiful Savior. Glorious Lord, Emmanuel, our God is with us. He's the blessed Redeemer, living word. Hallelujah. That's it. That's him. That's Jesus, name above all names, brothers and sisters. He is Emmanuel. Our God is with us. Yes, we give you the praise and glory tonight, Lord. You deserve all the glory, Lord Jesus, all the honor, all the praise belongs to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell him. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. We thank you, Lord. Father, we just receive your grace and your mercy tonight, Lord. Lord, you said if we confess our sins, you are just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord. Lord, you said to Seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Hallelujah, Lord. We came to seek your face. Your face is all that I seek. And when your eyes are on this child, your grace abounds to me. And Jesus, what a wonder you are. You are so gentle, so pure and so kind. You shine like the bright morning star. Jesus, what a wonder you are. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, Cody? Well, it's all for the Lord. It's the Lord. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter for me. It's the anointing of the Spirit of God. It is the Lord who is on the throne. The Lord is the one, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Yes, God is the one that's good to us, brothers and sisters. Give him all the glory tonight. Father, I ask you to bless your people tonight, Father, with spirit of wisdom, spirit of love, and a spirit of power, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We just asked you tonight, seek your face, Lord, and we ask, Lord, for more of you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May there be more of you and less of me. May there be more of you and less of me. I am hungry, thirsty, 
desperate for your presence. Yes, Lord, may there be more of you and less of me. May there be more of you and less of me. Hallelujah. Tell him, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Empty yourself of your own will and your own desires and your own problems and issues so that the Lord can fill you with his peace. So many people are running to and fro looking for peace through drugs, peace through all these things, peace through strength, peace through alcohol, peace through other people. But Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Hallelujah. The peace of Jesus Christ surpasses all understanding, the Bible says, brothers and sisters. The Lord wants you to walk in his shalom, his peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you the praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. For you are, Lord, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting God. You are the Father. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. It's another verse the Lord gave me last night. It was Isaiah 9, 6 or in um 9, 6, and 7, maybe. We read last night, too, or two nights ago. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Yes, thank you, Jesus, tonight for your mighty glory, Lord, for your mighty praise. Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Yes, Lord, you are worthy of all blessing and honor and glory and power, Lord Jesus. Tell him. Tell him, Lord, you're worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy to open the book. You are worthy to break the seals, the title deed of this earth, Lord, to take back the kingdoms of man and make them the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Hallelujah. Forever and ever and ever. And he shall reign forever. And he shall reign forever. And he shall reign forevermore. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise and glory tonight, Lord. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Hallelujah. We praise you tonight, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. We honor you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody's watching me. Maybe somebody, I don't know, but the Lord is repeating for me to say it again. No man can stop what the Lord is about to do. Hallelujah. Yes, no powers of hell nor schemes of man, yes, can ever pluck us from his hands, brothers and sisters, tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. For the things he has done. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I hear the Lord say it's a resurrection of the church, the resurrection of the bride. Hallelujah. As the Lord would call us to come forth, even as he did Lazarus, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The resurrection of the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we give you the praise and the glory, Lord Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Right now, Lord, we, for 2,000 years, your true bride has been 
celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. And now it's time for the resurrection of his body. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That the two shall become one flesh. The bride and the bridegroom. Hallelujah. The consummation of the ages, brothers and sisters. 2,000 year betrothal. It's coming to a swift end, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us that kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Far above all powers and principalities and forces of darkness, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. 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 We win the crown of life. Praise God in the mighty name of Jesus. So we give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make a joyful sound. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of praise. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. God is good. Yes. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. God is good all the time. Yes. We were sinners. So unworthy. But for us, he chose to die. He filled us with his Holy Spirit so we could stand and testify that his love is everlasting and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. God is good. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Mr. Ken, God is good. Bill, God is good. Hallelujah. Deborah, God is good. Julia, Francis, God is good. Mary, God is good. Hallelujah. Sharon, God is good. Paloma, God is good in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. He is the God of salvation. As I told you guys, I talked about it the other day. The Lord has reminded me. He is the God of salvation. Salvation just doesn't mean you got saved. Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is culminates going to heaven. It's not just about, oh, I'm born again, but... What's the point of being born again? It's salvation, brothers and sisters. We're talking about being saved from death, hell, and the grave. Saved from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. Salvation, getting born again, just the beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you the praise. Yes. Hallelujah. I agree with you too, PRM. Hallelujah for the healing in Jesus' name. Praise God, brothers and sisters. The Lord is going to lift us. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. What is it? That's one of those hymnals, you know. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the Blessed shore, something like that. Hallelujah. Then the master of the earth. I can't remember how it goes now. Yeah, that's the old hymnal song. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus Christ is risen and the work's already done. Praise the Lord. He can work with those who praise him. Praise the Lord. For God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. 
Those chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you they'll drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Hallelujah. Praise God, brothers and sisters. God is good tonight. Yes. Lord of all creation, water, earth, and sky. The heavens are your tabernacles. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. Hold me, Lord of heaven and earth. Yes, hallelujah. It's by the grace of God, by faith. Hallelujah, Julia. As it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The Lord said in Revelation 3, 10, because you have kept the word of my patience or patiently kept my word, I will keep you from or out of the, the temptation to come upon the whole earth, the hour of temptation to come upon the whole earth, to try all those who live upon the earth. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the work that you did on the cross, Jesus, for us. Yes, hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, it's at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Was it because what I had done? He groaned upon the tree. That's it, brothers and sisters. It was because all what we had done, all of our sins. That's why Jesus went to the cross. For your sin, my sin, everybody's sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lamb that knew no sin became sin for us. The Bible says, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise. Yes. He is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. The lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy of all honor, glory, and praise. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, we give you the praise tonight, Lord Jesus. You are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Yes. Let's go. Because thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. You know, the Lord said no man can come to them unless the Father would draw them. And I just speak it tonight in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that the Lord, the Lamb of God is drawing people to him right now. Even those, some people who will see this video live right now or see it later. The Lord Jesus Christ is calling you. Hallelujah. The Lord doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants every single person on the face of this earth that ever lived to join him in heaven. That's what the, the word of God says, that the Lord wishes none to perish, but to all to come to repentance. Hallelujah. Repent means to change your mind, change your heart, change your actions. Give up 
your place on the throne of your heart. Give up your position as the God of your own life. Give up the position of living for your own pleasure in this last days, particularly living for your own pleasure, your own benefit, your own joy. Jesus said, those who lose their life for my sake will gain their life. And those who keep their life will lose it. The Lord wants to be the God of your life. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to sit on the throne of your heart. To be a Christian is, is Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And the Bible says that His Spirit will be a witness to our spirits that we are children of God, both in Romans chapter 8. So this is what the Lord, I'm asking you to sing this with me right now, brothers and sisters, as the power of God, just as when King David played the harp, the power of God came down. And as we sing right now, by the grace of God, the power of God will come down, particularly for the lost spirit of the love of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we give you praise. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, Still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Hallelujah. Many people got to leave your friends behind. Just like God told Abraham, leave your family. And I'm going to go to a place I'll show you. And I will make you the father of many nations, brothers and sisters. People love to harp on. It says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. But then Abraham did it, brothers and sisters. He was already 75 years old and gave up his whole life. He gave up everything he knew. He lost his life to follow Jesus. We talked about it earlier. Paul lost his career lost his life, his place in history of Judaism as the greatest teacher in the history of Judaism. He gave all that up. He said, I counted all his dung, manure, garbage for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. Give up everything. Abraham gave up everything to follow the Lord. Peter said, you know, we've given up everything to follow you, Lord. What about us? And Jesus said, you have wells and, and houses and vineyards in this life and in the life to come with tribulation, with troubles. We are salt and light, brothers and sisters. So as salt and light, we repel darkness. We repel bacteria, evil. We run up against it. To be a Christian is a wave maker. You know, it's the song, God, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a way maker. We're wave makers. That's a whole nother message. We're called to make waves in this world. The Lord threw us, just like Peter is a stone. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you've seen people do that. You take a stone and then you skip it across the water, making waves. That's what the Lord has done with us. That's what the Lord's done with me. It's what the Lord wants to do with you. Like Peter, a stone. The Lord wants to throw you upon the water, right? We've been talking about that for weeks from the Lord. What is the water? It's the sea of nations. It's the Gentile nations. It's chaos. It's going all over the place. Represents the world, the unsaved world, the waters. So how about that? That's a whole other message. I need to do a video on that. Have you made any ripples? Have you made any waves in the sea of nations, brothers and sisters, as a Christian? We're a rock that the Lord threw into the water. We're wave makers. To be a Christian is to be a wave maker, brothers and sisters. You know, that's what these old... It's, that's like the establishment government and the establishment corporations and the establishment church. Don't make any waves. You know, that's why they didn't like the orange man. Really? You talk about McConnell and all those swamp creatures. They don't want any waves. They want to keep everything status quo so they can all get rich. Same thing with the false church and religious leaders. You know, we're building our own kingdom here. That's why they don't want to talk about the end times. That's how they don't want to really preach the gospel, any of that. Because, you know, and that's what non-believers see. Non-believers see hypocrites. They see people not living the Christian life and all that. They see people going along to get along with the world because they don't want to be wave makers. Brothers, that's a whole other message that we're changing into here. Brothers and sisters, we've been called to be salt and light. You put salt in a wound. You shine the light in the darkness, people's going to squint their eyes. People's been in darkness. They don't want no light shining in their face. Remember back in the day, some of you guys, a lot of you guys are even older than me. You remember they used to have those home movie cameras and they'd have a big old light on it. And people would try to make a home movie, those old, you know, eight millimeter movies or whatever. And they had a big, great big old light on there or the old flashes, like a camera with a flash on it. It's just like in a dim lit room. It'll blind you for how many minutes? That kind of a thing, brothers and sisters. The gospel is supposed to be a blinding light in the eyes of those in darkness, brothers and sisters. You should get a reaction. Hey, turn that light off. Or, you know, hey, that light is awesome. I, I want to I want to go out in the light. Get out of this darkness and go out in the sunlight. S-O-N. And some people get mad and say, leave me alone. It's dark in here. You know, I don't like that light. As Jesus said, they love darkness because their deeds are evil. Hallelujah. That's why you think about it. Do people go to bars in the daytime? They could, but most of the bars and all the things going on is at night. Literally in the natural darkness, much less the spiritual darkness. They go hand in hand, brothers and sisters. You don't see, you know, so much bars and all that activity in, in the morning. It's always at night, brothers and sisters. So people can hide from the light of the sun and the light of the S-O-N and the S-U-N. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I know somebody see that. So I, I'm explaining what really means to be a Christian. So a lot, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're, they're fake and all this. You've been looking at the Pope. You've been looking at maybe some Joel Osteen or whatever you've been looking at. I'll say two things. Number one, Joel Osteen has to answer to the Lord and you have to answer to the Lord. So whether Joel Osteen is good or bad or a Christian or whatever he is, that has nothing to do with you. Because you cannot say, well, 
look at Joel Osteen. He, he's been bad. Well, so what's that got to do with you? So I don't know why people, they always look for any excuse. You know, so it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. People have all kinds of excuses. I've heard them all as a preacher for 23 years. Oh, you know, there's a bunch of hypocrites in that church. Well, don't go to that church. Or maybe God wants to use you in there to help those people. You know, I mean, what is, what has those people got to do with you? Because we individually get saved. I mean, as, as we sang the song, though none go with me, still I will follow. So, so especially for young people, a lot of your friends are going to mock you, make fun of you, and attack you. That's the cost of being a Christian. You can't be loved by the world and loved by the Lord at the same time. That's what Jesus said. Those who are, who are followers of Jesus are at enmity with the world. And those who love the world are at enmity with God. That's what the Bible says, what Jesus said. So, you know, all this seeker-friendly stuff is getting people confused. All these, you know, people on television, as we talked about, half of them are talking about prosperity gospel. And then the other half are on there debating Calvinism and, you know, all this order of salvation and, and, and the King James only or whatever, or evolution versus creation, all those things that you're talking about. Instead of what we should be talking about, we should be talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. What it means to be a Christian, it means to follow Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 13, hey, you got to count the cost. Before, before a general, take a king takes his army into battle, he counts the cost, whether he can do it or not. When somebody's going to build a building, they count the cost, whether they can have enough money and everything to finish the building or not. And Jesus was talking about becoming one of his disciples. It does cause something to follow Jesus. That means like you got to give up, like we talked about Paul and Abraham. You got to give up your own will. Now, sometimes you can, you're a businessman or whatever, and you stay in your business and God blesses you and he wants you to stay there because he wants you to be blessed and he wants to use you as a businessman in the church, right? To build, to build orphanages, to build churches, whatever. It's also true. But many things in our lives, and most of the time, we have to leave our family and leave the place where we are and the Lord will take us to a place he will show us. It's like Abraham. It's like what happened to the disciples. These churches aren't telling people that. It's the truth, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We have, Jesus said, those who lose their life for my sake will gain their eternal life. So you have to give it up. Now you give up everything. Then the Lord says, you know, as an example, you say, Lord, okay, Lord, I give up everything I'm doing and I'm following you. Then the Lord says, well, you know, you give it to him and then he lets you, he gives it back to you. You know, the Lord's like, okay, that's, that's fine. So, I mean, you know, that's a whole nother message. That's the thing about the Lord. If the, Jesus told Peter, ask Peter at the end of the gospel of John, do you love these others more than, do you love me more than they do? You love me, you know? And then Peter's like, yeah, you know, I love you. You know, and Jesus said, well, if you love me, you'll do what I say, which is feed my sheep. So it's like that. So in other words, if the, the, the you have the love of money, then the Lord will want you to get, you know, give up your money. Like the rich young ruler. I see a lot of atheists say something about that. Well, to be a real Christian, you got to give everything away you got. That man, it says, the rich young ruler, he loved money. So the Lord said to him, if you want to be perfect, give away everything you have and follow me. See, the guy went away sad. He wasn't going to do it. See, but as an example, someone that would give everything up, then the Lord's like, okay, you, you can keep your stuff. You can just give 10% or whatever. Because it's not your God. That's what the Lord's looking at. 
that you're willing to give up. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. You're willing to give up anything for him. If he says, I want you to move to the Philippines, you'll go. If it moved to Alaska, move to Africa. You know, I want you to go build an orphanage in Africa. I want you to go to Africa and be an evangelist or whatever. You're willing to do it. And the Lord knows if you're willing to do what he says or not. That's what we're talking about. Not that you'll always, oh, you got to, you know, go live, you know, walk around with nothing but just what's on your clothes on your back and, and God provide your daily meal. He could do that too. Some people, maybe there's some people who need to go through that. You know, it's up to the Lord. You got to be willing to give up everything for Jesus. That's what the Lord's looking at. Do you love something more than you love him? That's where the struggle is for people that are really trying to walk with the Lord. So in other words, do I love some TV show more than I love the Lord? You know, praying or evangelizing people or whatever, you know, visiting people in the hospital, whatever you want to talk about, doing something for the Lord. This is when you're really trying to, you know, be a disciple of Jesus and walk with him. These are the things we're talking about. Do you? There's a lot of people on here as an example that, that smoke cigarettes. And we know that's a waste of money and it's bad for you. And it's an appearance of evil and it's a bad witness. That's why it's a sin because... The Bible says avoid all appearance of evil. And it's a huge waste of money. And, you know, it stumbles other people, non-believers. Oh, you're a Christian. You're there. You're doing all that smoking. Whatever. There are plenty of reasons, even though it's not like, oh, you know, something like, you know, well, you're killing people. But it's it's something that's addictive, as an example, on the lower end of sanctification. Okay, let's say that. And then there'll be people arguing of why, you know, it's not a sin to smoke. Okay. And, and one way you could look at it and say, no, because you're only hurting yourself. Uh, you know, but I guess secondhand smoke is hurting other people. That would make it a sin, too, because you're harming other people that, that live with you or whatever. You could say that, but you think about it. When people start defending something like that, as an example, it's like, do you love the Lord more than this? It seems that you love this more than you love the Lord. You know, And so those are the kind of things that we deal with as a Christian. You know, That's really what it means to be a Christian. You know, It's like... I love the Lord above all else. And then the Lord, is, if it's something that's not an issue, he's, he's not dealing with you in that issue if it's not an issue. If you guys can understand what I'm saying, hallelujah. Amen, Anna G, that's another one. Yes. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Yep, that's it. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. Well, I've given several different little bit of uh, add-ons there at the end. Hallelujah. I think I'll wrap it up tonight, brothers and sisters. You guys have a blessed night in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So PRM, God bless. Anna, Bill, Deborah, Paulette, Chrissy, Mary, Deming, God bless. Praise God. Kentucky, Lucy, Deborah. I think I already said it. I'll say it again, Deborah. Hallelujah. God bless you guys tonight. Nick at night. God bless, brother. Hallelujah. It's good that your channel is Nick at night because I usually do my videos at night for those in the U.S. Hallelujah. Anyway, Mr. Ken, God bless. Hallelujah. Sharon, God bless. Good morning. Top of the morning to you there. Hallelujah. In Ireland, Laura, God bless. Hallelujah. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise and thank him. Hallelujah for his glory, his glory, his glory. Ha <laughs> ha There you go. That's it. Yep. We're, I'm always on at night. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, it's the way it works out. Some people are morning people and some people are night people. So the people watching me in the UK and Germany and then in Australia, maybe they're morning people, right? And then 
The ones in the U.S. are watching me are night people, especially people on the East Coast. Hallelujah in Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. Thomas, God bless. Good evening. Good night. Good day. And have a pleasant tomorrow. How about that? Hallelujah. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. I think that's the right expression. Hallelujah. From the communist Walter Cronkite. He was a communist, brothers and sisters. He was all involved with the, uh, the you know, the Council on Foreign Relations and all that stuff. Hallelujah. God bless you guys tonight. Things are never as they seem in the world, brothers and sisters. Chrissy, God bless tonight. Hallelujah. God bless. Yes. God bless, Paulette. Good night. God bless, everyone. God bless. Checking to see if you're awake. Checking to see if your speakers are working. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. You know, uh, for me, you know, sometimes um, there's a brother who watches me and uh, he has a bunch of uh, hundreds of websites that he hosts. And um, he lives in Minnesota. And uh, I asked that brother one time I had the idea for an app, you know, that uh, they probably have one that can that would. Um, be like a smart volume, you know, on televisions, they have that smart volume. So sometimes commercials are louder and all that. So I was telling them they should have a smart volume on the app. So sometimes you turn on a video and then they have this blaring uh, intro music. It's very annoying. And then, you know, the, there's all that fluctuation in the volume. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you watch this on a repeat, I invite you to skip ahead. Francis, Benji, God is Holy, Kentucky, Lucy, David. Nick at night, hallelujah, Sister Barbara, yes, we're going home, and the Lord gave me two excellent Bible verses. If you guys watched the video I made two days ago with the word I got from the Lord, um, you know, the Lord was talking about the books are opened and all this uh, from Daniel chapter 7 that we talked about, several words about the, uh, I went back to the beginning, Sister Deborah was first, and Benji, then Melissa, God bless you guys tonight, hallelujah, Paulette, Connie, Brother Al, Laura, JJ, I don't know if I missed anybody. Eyes on Jesus. Jesus saves. Candace, how are you doing? Praise the living God, brothers and sisters. Brother Bill, how are you? Yes, amen, Sister Barbara. Thank you for that. Hit the like button. Yes, we can get this out. We're going home soon. Had an amazing dream from the Lord last night. And as I was preparing to make the video today, the Lord gave me two Bible verses and showed me some things. And I'm going to share that too as much as I can. Part of the dream I had, I believe, is a personal word for this nationally famous preacher. And so the part of the dream, um, which some of you guys who watch me, you'll probably know what it is. And it wasn't Joel Osteen. I'll say that. Hallelujah. You'll probably know what the Lord had shown me about this preacher. And uh, many of you would probably already think that. Hallelujah. What the Lord showed me. So uh, by the grace of God, I'll be able to share the word with that brother or, you know, the Lord. Well, I'd say he probably wouldn't listen. He probably wouldn't listen. Hallelujah. That's up to him. It's the thing about it when if someone who is a prosperity, you know, prosperity preachers a lot or anybody like that, they will surround themselves with people, so-called quote unquote prophets. And I talked about a few months ago 
And they will prophesy that, you know, the Lord said, if you sow a hundred dollar seed, he's going to give you a new car and God's going to give you a new house and all that. And God does bless us. And I'm believed that God wants us to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Third John, uh, the Bible says that. So, you know, the Lord, it said, the Bible says that I didn't never saw the, you know, the children of God begging bread in the street. So God wants us to be blessed. And I believe for all that. And I don't think it's a sin if, you know, you need a car and you ask the Lord, make a way. I, I need a new vehicle and then you'll get a new vehicle. You know, you'll get a vehicle that you need. There's no sin in any of that. There's a lot of Pharisaical people that think so. But of course, the gospel is not money, right? Uh, we, a kingdom is not a flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual thing, right? And so the Lord, uh, yesterday, as, as I'm thinking about it right now, on that same topic, just yesterday, uh, I was praying to the Lord about going back to the Philippines and this kind of stuff and uh, what we would do long term if the Lord's not coming back now. And uh, the Lord spoke to me what I've been saying to you guys all the time. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, you know, everything you need will be added unto you. Now, it's just that simple. If you would pursue the Lord and seek the Lord and seek his face and, and his righteousness and follow the Lord, He'll provide everything you need, you know. So that's like even myself. I'm asking the Lord about specifics about me going to the Philippines to evangelism or this or long term where we'd stay here or what. And that's what the Lord told me. So it's a matter of walking by faith, brothers and sisters, even though I believe the Lord's coming back very soon. And we're going to be talking about that. But let's just say no man knows the day of the hour. So, I mean, the Lord can might not come back for 20 more years, even though I don't believe that. But only the Lord knows. And in the meantime, we're supposed to walk by faith. And that's what you got to get through your head, brothers and sisters. I got to get through my head. We all got to get through our head. That we're to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And then everything we need, he's going to provide for us, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It's just so childlike simple. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we give you all the praise and all the glory tonight, Lord. We thank you for your mercy, your peace, the joy that we have. In knowing you, Lord, hallelujah, Father, we give you all the praise and glory, Lord. I come in agreement with uh, our brother, the Apostle Paul, who said, I count all my life and everything I've ever done as trash, as garbage for the sake of knowing you, Lord Jesus, for the sake of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and to be an inheritor of his kingdom, a joint heir with Jesus Christ, the Bible says, hallelujah, Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight, Lord. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, pour out your wisdom and your spirit upon this video, Lord. Hallelujah. I feel led by the Lord. Those of you guys are regular praise and worshipers with me and lovers of the Lord. Well, you know, I got to sing a song for the Lord. It's, it's in my spirit from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's uh, you deserve the glory. And I sing that. I've sang that before. And I felt led by the Lord to sing two songs tonight, which I usually never announce that. Uh, you deserve the glory. And the other one is, uh, for the last several days, the Lord keeps pressing me about this song, Angus Die, you know, which is, Are you, Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy, holy. Are you, Lord God Almighty? That song, those two songs. But I, I just want to sing, you deserve the glory. And then I'm going to share with you guys. And those people that run to and fro, they're not my regular viewers. They're like, well, what's the dream that you have? It's the Lord 
confounds the wise with simple things, brothers and sisters. All through my videos for 11 years on YouTube, all the nuggets the Lord gave me, they're in there. And the bad part is I couldn't find them if I wanted to find them. Sometimes I have notes. I can look at the date of the notes and then go back and look at the videos and try to find them. But the Lord did it that way, brothers and sisters, that only those who are seeking the things, you know, be like-minded or like in spirit with me would find those things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's give him the praise. Let's tell him, you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. There is no one else like you. You know, the Lord said he would not share his glory with another. And so I'm saying, you know, I believe why I'm singing that. Well, the Lord's leading me to. But I want to say, it, you know, like the Lord gives people dreams and visions and words and all that. You guys who follow me and know all the glory belongs to the Lord. And uh, it reminds me of a dream that uh, Brother Gary had on that very topic. You know, that, uh, you know, the Lord is the one who gets the glory. Hallelujah. We know that. Uh, Brother Gary Bear, I just mentioned about him because it came to mind about a dream he had on the very topic you know, the, the Lord gets all the glory. And, I, you know, I, and I always say that, and I, but I, we all need to be reminded of that. He deserves all the glory, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. Yeah. Songs, dreams, visions, words, Bible verses, rhema words, rhema, rhema, the Greek word for a word from the word, a now word right now. Hallelujah. So the Lord had given me a dream about a specific preacher. And I'm not going into all the details. Some of the details are for him. And I believe by the grace of God, I will give him that word. In my dream, I got a word to give to Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland, brothers and sisters. In my dream, I was at his house with my wife. And we were talking about the rapture and all this. But now he, he wasn't talking. I was telling him, you know, we had to get ready for the rapture and blah, blah, blah. And then he didn't say anything. He, he and his wife went to bed. And they were asleep. And so that has a meaning to it. And there were more parts to it. But my wife and I stayed up and we kept praising the Lord, you know, and saying it's time for the rapture. And uh, but then the Lord said to me. In a in a unique way that, that, that um, you know, that I wouldn't think about, the Lord said that Kenneth Copeland will die before. The apostles of the end times come forth before the apostles of the end times come forth. So, you know. When I woke up, I, you know, it woke me up and I was thinking about the 144,000 witnesses, you know, and then there's the two witnesses. I mean, the Lord told his disciples and there in, in Acts chapter one, verse eight. You know, they were witnesses to the resurrection. They were witnesses of his baptism all the way to his resurrection. So, you know, you guys, most people, including myself, the discussion is who are the two witnesses? You know, Moses and Enoch or Moses and Elijah or Elijah and Enoch, Elijah and Moses. OK, so but Jesus told his disciples that, you know, tarry at Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that you might be witnesses for me, witnesses for me. So the apostle, a word apostle means sent one, but it also means a witness. Of course, there's one hundred and forty four thousand 
witnesses, right? I mean, the Jehovah Witnesses try to claim that they are the 144,000, but of course, it'll be, you know, the Israelite men. And so we're talking about during the tribulation. So it's, there's the two witnesses and then the 144,000 witnesses and also like apostles. They are sent ones. The Lord will send them so that, of course, the two witnesses will be sent too. So when you read your Bible and rightly divide the word, I know there's people stumble upon this video that are armchair quarterbacks, armchair preachers and don't know anything. You know, they have all a lot. Everybody has an opinion when it comes to politics and religion. And I don't know why. Uh, they don't usually do that to doctors and lawyers and judges and things like that. But they love to uh, try to teach preachers and, uh, you know, and maybe politicians or whatever. But uh, anyhow, when you rightly divide the word, you'll see that those end times apostles, which I, I would never use that expression or never heard that expression. And that's why it really caught me off guard. Well, you know, that is during the tribulation. So that means that, the, you know, the, before the rapture, because that was the theme of my dream was I was telling Kenneth Copeland, you know, hey, we need to stop talking about prosperity in this life and we need to start getting ready for the rapture. And I was trying to get him, you know, and I, from the Lord to get, you know, fired up and start teaching about the rapture, the return of the Lord, and not about having a mansion and a private jet and all that stuff, okay? And so that's the word from the Lord. So I wanted to share that. That uh, So I, I take that as a, from the Lord. It was a dream from the Lord. That's a sign. You know, so we say that, of course, I think he's in his 80s. I'm sure he's in his 80s. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, as I mentioned before, the most surprising thing about Kenneth Copeland, which you probably don't know, is he actually had a top 10 or top 20 rock and roll song. He had, was a rock and roll singer in the 1950s. And he had a song that was a, was in like the top 20 or top 30 hit song in rock music in the 1950s. When I was studying for the book that the Lord gave me to write 2013, you know, one of the, the about the, de the Satan's plan for the ages, our final boarding call, Satan's plan for the ages and our last mission. This, we're talking about our last mission before the rapture. I came across the fact that he had, he had, he had a hit rock song and it's horrible. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. You should look it up and listen to it. And it is a horrible song. I mean, you know, it's just terrible. It's got to go down. It's one of the worst songs. I'm sorry to say, but I mean, it's just not good. I've never heard of it before. This is hilarious. So I wanted to share that. And so he's 86. So it's, it seems like, well, you know, how much longer will he live? Right. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord uh, for a dream from the Lord. Not about somebody dying, but so there's lots. We know that he's very controversial. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about it's true. And I say it all the time in reference to Joel Osteen or whomever, right? Liberal denominations, Presbyterians, Methodists, Baptists, whoever they are. Part of the gospel is Jesus is coming back to judge the quick and the dead or the living and the dead in modern English. That's part of the gospel. And anybody that's not preaching the full counsel of God, well, they need to preach the full counsel of God. People need to know that Jesus is coming back. They need to know that everything's coming together. And, you know, that's and there's very few preachers. I have so many people that follow me for the last 11 years who are active members in a church and they, they may even be elders in their church and deacons in their church and all this. And they all tell me the same thing. I talked to my pastor about teaching about the end times or teaching about the rapture. I think near, I think nearly a hundred, almost a hundred percent. I think I remember one person said their preacher teaches on the end times. Almost every church 
almost 100%, they say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be wrong about it. I'm not sure if there's a rapture or not. I'm not sure if it's literal or allegoric. I don't want to scare the people. You know, yes, because they're building their own kingdom. They are building a kingdom. See, because people that are carnal minded, just like some people that come in the comments here, people that are not spiritual minded, or maybe people that are not that bright. I don't know. They're kind of slow. They'll say, like us, we built those orphanages in the Philippines. And they'll say, why are you building an orphanage in the Philippines if you believe the rapture is going to be tomorrow? You know, trying to mock the ministry of the Lord. Uh, they'll say something like, why are you writing a book if the rapture is going to be soon? Well, when I get raptured, there's no work that I've done for the Lord that will be in vain. God will use it. The Lord said his word would not return unto him void, but would accomplish what he pleases. So like these videos I'm loading, you know, they could get someone saved, you know, after the rapture. I'm sure they probably will before they take it down. The orphanages we got in the Philippines, and then we have try to store food and all that. Somebody's going to eat it. And then through that process, there'll be people getting saved through our ministry after we're gone. And But there's a lot of people that are claimed to be Christians. They're carnal-minded, obnoxious. Slow-minded, as a, maybe the King James language, let's call it half-witted, slow-witted, something, I don't know, uh, blinded by the enemy. Because, see, and the Lord's had me say this. Think about this. When people would say that, what does that say about their motive? Their motive, see? So what we do for the kingdom of God, when I do this as an example, let's just say that you felt led to give money to Kenneth Copeland Ministry, okay? I mean, that's between you and the Lord. But if you say, oh, I'm giving to Kenneth Copeland ministry because I, I need it. You know, God's going to, I'm buying a miracle from God. Well, you know, you're wrong. God don't do that. But if you said, I'm giving to Kenneth Copeland ministry for years and I've been blessed. And then someone says to you, well, Kenneth Copeland is, is living large off of the money that people get. See? So the thing that you would say is, well, if it's true. The Lord led me to give to Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And so what Kenneth Copeland does with that money, he's got to answer to the Lord for it, not me. And, and, and I prayed about it, and I felt led by the Lord to keep giving to him, to his ministry. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit there and not give or give because I say, well, I believe that Kenneth Copeland should have you know bigger growth in his ministry. His church is not growing fast enough, so therefore I'm not going to give there anymore, or whatever people think, or the benefits that I get, or that's the way people are motivated. They're motivated about their, as we're talking about tonight, the Lord deserves the glory. They're thinking about their glory, their benefit. Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what the right hand is doing. When he talked about giving, he said, give in secret and the father will be the one to reward you. When you pray, pray in secret. God is the one to reward you. So, God, we talk about the rewards in heaven. Since we're talking about the rapture, let's talk about the rewards we get in heaven. The Lord is judging us on why we did something. So, in other words, if I'm making this video because I won't get attention, there are, you know, I, I, he's the best one, Obegley, an attention seeker, an attention hound, by far in my observation, as an example, and I'm, I'm sure there's others, whatever. There's a lot of politicians or people that are attention seekers. They want to be famous in their own right, not as a famous preacher, but famous themselves. Their name, not Jesus Christ, but their name. The Lord sees all that, brothers and sisters. 
He sees the motives, the thoughts, and intents of our hearts. So it's not that, well, uh, Kenneth Copeland's ministry is a prosperity ministry and it's bad, but it's really true. I, I, you know, I would advise if you feel led by the Lord to give his ministry, pray about it and make sure that's really from the Lord. Because in my mind, I would say I wouldn't do that. But if the Lord led you to, that's what you should do. If you really believe that and your motive is not, well, God's going to give me a gold plate of Cadillac because I gave to Kenneth Copeland. You know, I'm giving because that's where the Lord led me to give. That's what you should do. Whatever. Benny Hinn, any these controversial people that do preach the gospel somewhere in there. Now, like you say, there are people say, well, Kenneth Copeland, they believe he's a heretic. Well, no, don't give. There, and you can't judge if someone else feels led to give. I've just advised them to pray about it. But God is looking at the thoughts and intents of our heart. That's what I say. So, as again, if you do something in the name of the Lord, like in the Philippines, I work with lots of pastors. And some of them are great. And some of them, you know, I found out that they're not so great. You know, if the Lord leads me to give them time to repent and keep working with them and talk to them, I will. So when I give money there for the feedings and I give money there to those pastors to go out and do evangelism, if they're not doing right, they got to answer to the Lord for that. And maybe the Lord's given them space to repent. I don't know unless the Lord tells me. So that's what I'm saying. Most people that don't give, they don't give because money is their God. And a bunch of people watching me, I'm sure that's very true. You're going to have to give an account to the Lord. If you've been a good steward with what God gave you. So if you, if you, you know, like I say, if you know, you see, oh, this ministry is doing something bad. Then you say, well, I'm not going to give there. Unless the Lord commanded me to, I'm not going to. From my opinion, my observation is bad. So the Lord's had me say that for whatever reason, for somebody, I guess, because we're talking about Kenneth Copeland or whatever, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. So I got a couple Bible verses as the Lord wants me to share with you. Hallelujah. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be looking at that. Okay. Starting at verse 4. And they asked Jesus, you know, when's the end going to be? Matthew 24 is known as the Olivet Discourse. So the Lord says, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famine and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places, various places. And so the next verse is the verse that the Lord gave me, specifically verse 8. And these are the beginning of sorrows. So it's what the Lord is telling me, you know, tonight. These are the beginning of sorrows. It's the birth pains. It's already been going on. But now this is the beginning of the real birth pains. Talking about the tribulation. Is upon us, brothers and sisters. So we know that that means the rapture is going to be sooner than that. Okay. So the Lord has given me that. And he gave me another text. What the Lord is doing, what the Lord is about to do, what the Lord is doing. The Lord told me nobody's going to be able to stop it. And so he gave me this text. The Lord said, this is the beginning of sorrows. And what the Lord is about to do, no one will be able to stop it. You know. And so then he gave me this text, which I, I never thought about this text in reference to the tribulation or Stopping the Lord, stopping the 144,000 witnesses, I would say, specifically, as the Lord had shown me in the dream last night, that Kenneth Copeland would die before the, the end time, the, the, the ministry of the apostles of the end times, okay, would begin. Okay, so Acts chapter 5, the apostles were being persecuted for using the name of Jesus. They were teaching and preaching the gospel in the temple, and they were arrested. And so this man, Gamaliel, 
he was the, and still today in Israel and Judaism, Gamaliel is considered like the greatest teacher in all of the history of Judaism. His number one star student that I talked about in, the, in this day was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was on his way to be the next Gamaliel. If he hadn't converted, he would have been known as maybe the greatest teacher in all of Judaism. That's why the Lord chose him. He was, you know, as I, I made a video the other day about that. Gamaliel, every rabbi, rabbinical student wanted to be Gamaliel's protege. And he only picked a few people out of all the diaspora of Jews all around the, the Roman Empire. Paul was one of them. That's why he was in Jerusalem, because he was the top star of his generation in wisdom and brains and understanding of the law of Moses. So the Lord took the most hardcore guy who was killing Christians, having Christians prosecuted and killed to become the really the number one superstar apostle that everybody knows about, the Apostle Paul, because God used him because of his genius ability to explain theology, whereas the other apostles were mostly fishermen, and God used them mightily. But when it came to theology, it's the Apostle Paul, brothers and sisters, and he was this number one student of this guy, Gamaliel. So before Paul became Paul, he was still Saul of Tarsus, the rabbi, the student of Gamaliel. I'm sure Paul was standing there when this happened. There he was, as Jesus told him on the road to Damascus, it's hard for you to keep kicking against the goads or the prods, King James uses different word, the prods that I have to try to get you to know that I'm the Messiah. This is one of them. He was standing there then. Brothers and sisters, so what did Gamaliel say? And I just want to start at 38. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Leave these, don't hurt these men and, let, and leave them alone. For if this counsel or work be of men, it will come to naught or nothing. He's talking about, you know, the, the gospel about Jesus. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it. At least happily you find yourself even to fight against God. And to him that agreed, and to and to with him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them and commanded they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were kind of worthy to suffer shame for his name. So, brothers and sisters, the word that the Lord wants us to get, this is the beginning of sorrows. And then verse 39: if this be of God, you cannot overthrow it. Least happily, you'd be find yourself even fighting against God. So the in the in like an NIV and all that, it'll say, um, you cannot stop it. King James is overthrow it. This is from God. What God is doing and what's a, what's coming, what's about to happen. We're talking about the tribulation, the you know, the the unleashing of the tribulation. And I've talked about that many times to you guys before. A lot of times people are sitting there talking about the Antichrist and the evil, like we talk about Sleepy Joe. And the deep state and whatever you want to talk about, the European Union, the World Economic Forum and all that. Ultimately, brothers and sisters, don't forget God is doing this. God is allowing this. As I've told you guys many times, you read the book of Daniel, which we just talked about. The book of Daniel in the last video that I did two nights ago. The theme of the book of Daniel. God's sovereignty over the kingdoms of men. It's like dealing with Nebuchadnezzar, making Nebuchadnezzar lose his mind for seven years because he, what did he do? That's the theme from the Lord tonight. What did Nebuchadnezzar do? Why did God make him insane like a beast for seven years? Because he took all the glory. He didn't give God the glory. 
that God is the one that put him in power. That's the theme for tonight. You know, you deserve the glory. We give God all the glory. That's what I should have titled the video because it keeps coming back. You think about that. Nebuchadnezzar, the Lord has given me something on that right now while I'm talking. And I mentioned this the other night, and I've made many videos about it. King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream of a statue that people know about. And he saw the kingdoms of men is what it was. From Babylon all the way down to the revived Roman Empire is the toes that are mixed partly of iron and partly of clay. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 and 28, 26, 27, 8 tells us it's the revived Roman Empire, the European Union, actually. It's where the Antichrist will come from. That's what the Bible says. So you see this statue, and I mentioned many times, Nebuchadnezzar sees in his dream the kingdoms of man as statues. He makes the statue and tells everybody to worship it. Okay, then Daniel... Chapter 7 that we talked about two nights ago. Daniel has a dream and sees the same kingdoms and they are beast, right? So I just realized right now while I was talking that Nebuchadnezzar took all the glory for him having the greatest kingdom on earth, even after he had a dream from God showing him that he was the head of gold, you know, like the greatest nation to ever be in the history of man. He took it as he did it. But what did God do? God turned him into how God sees the kingdoms of man. God turned him into a beast, brothers and sisters. See, it's a whole nother message from the Lord. So when he became a beast, what happened to him? He lost his mind. Kind of reminds me of Sleepy Joe. I mean, people, the Bible says that people who are not saved, Satan has darkened their minds. Satan has blinded them. Think about, okay, I keep going with it. So, in Sodom and Gomorrah, when the men came there to rape the angels, who they thought were men, at Lot's house, the angels struck them with blindness, that they couldn't find their way around. So they were already blind, spiritually, brothers and sisters, and then the angels struck them physically blind. And then what happened? Then the, the tribulation in Sodom and Gomorrah, this is a great message, a great new word from the Lord. The Lord is giving me right now just on the spot. As soon as they were blinded, why? So that Lot and his family could escape the tribulation that was coming on Sodom, brothers and sisters, Sodom and Gomorrah. So it's like when you read Romans chapter one, Romans chapter one, and it goes through the progression of sin. And, and I haven't looked at that in a while, but it, it starts, you know, they start worshiping the creation instead of creator. You know, you're talking about, uh, you know, global warming and all that stuff. Uh, veganism, uh, PETA, and all that, exalting animals to equal to humans, worshiping the creation instead of the creator. But the, it goes all the way to the point of, it progresses to uh, rain, to the Rainbow Coalition. I better say it because you know YouTube. It's the Rainbow Coalition. Uh, coalition. It becomes, they become fluid in what they like and all that. That's the progression. Then the end is they are blinded, brothers and sisters. They are blinded. And then the end shall come, brothers and sisters. It shall come upon them as a flood, and they shall not escape, brothers and sisters. So what did the Lord say? I've talked about this many times, it's, you know, from the Lord. When Jesus was born, it says in the Bible that at the fullness of times, God sent his son. At the fullness of times. I've, I've made videos and talked about this before many times. So I'm saying it now. God told Abraham. Abraham had a dream, and God said, your descendants will go down to Egypt. You know, they're going to be enslaved there and they're going to come back as a mighty nation. That's one thing God did. 
Just like now, Israel's being reformed as a mighty nation in preparation for Jesus's return. Okay, but another thing God told him, God told Abraham, you know, Abraham was walking around in the land of Canaan, Israel today, and then his Isaac and then Jacob, right? And they all went down in the famine with Joseph. Okay, God said, the timing of me bringing your the, your descendants back to this land is what? Was it when they became a great nation? No. What was God's timing for the children of Israel to come back and give the beat down through Joshua to these wicked people that were there? That's why they hate Israel today, because God used them to literally give them a physical beat down. And they're going to do it again. It's going to happen in the world of God. Actually, God's going to do it himself. Israel don't have to do anything. But they've been giving their enemies the beat down like five wars. They've been attacked since 1948. And God made a way they want. Not only did they win every uh, surprise attack, they actually gained territory. That's why they're hating, because God is doing it. So why? When was the timing of them coming to the land of Canaan with Joshua? What did God tell Abraham? Go back and look at Genesis. God said, when the fullness of the sins of the Canaanites is full. So in the fullness of times, God sent his only son. In the fullness of sin of the Canaanites, God sent judgment on the Canaanites. We always People are always talking about when you watch non-believers like Larry King and all that. They'll say, well, you know, God in the Old Testament, he was commanding them to kill people, do this and do that and the other. And God's evil and God's mean and all this. God said why. They were wicked people, kind of like that we see today. They were offering their children in the fire to Moloch and all that. That's why God brought judgment on them. Plus, they were mixing with the Nephilim. There were giants there. God didn't want them to contaminate the bloodline of the Messiah. When the Israelites came in there, God said, don't marry them and wipe them all out because they had giants there. It's right there in the Bible, brothers and sisters. In Exodus, it's there in Joshua. See, King David with Goliath. Still giants in the land all the way through the life of King David, 1000 BC, all the way up till then, at least, brothers and sisters. It's like the, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of, be. Their son of Man be. They're coming back. They're coming back. People today would call them UFOs. People today would call them aliens. But they are demons, brothers and sisters. It's part of the great deception of the devil. So God has been holding back the tribulation, not just for people to get saved. The fullness of times, the fullness of the sin and rebellion of the people, brothers and sisters. We very rarely ever talk about that. I've talked about it a little bit, and the Lord wants you to get that tonight. So just as he waited for the fullness of the sins of the Canaanites, and he waited for the, you know, the, you know, the fullness of, of the sin in Sodom and Gomorrah, when they said, oh, we're going to rape these angels, who they thought were men. And then Lot said, don't do anything to these. Here, I'll give you my two virgin daughters. You know, which I mean, well, Lot, that's, I guess, something that they would do in those days. I don't know. But that's what Lot said. And, pe you know, we're not talking about that. But those men said, hey, who does this stranger think he is? He thinks he's better than us. We're going to do worse to you than what we were going to do to those other two guys. See, they didn't want Lot's daughters. They wanted they was going to rape Lot and they would have killed him. So. The depravity, brothers and sisters, had had got to the point, you know, God said enough is enough. So we should not be surprised when we see the Pope saying all the wicked things he's saying. It's the fullness of times of the mystery Babylon religion. I mean, he just said the other day, as the Lord is, you know, having me say this. I don't care what the Pope said. He's not even a Christian. He's an antichrist. But what did he say? The, 
in South America, they've got some new Native American mass with all this voodoo mixed into it or, or, or witchcraft mixed into it. And the Pope said it was great. The Pope said there's no hell. People are shocked. They say, oh, the Pope said there's no hell. Well, he's not even a Christian. So there's nothing he can say that will surprise me because he's not saved. As a matter of fact, he's an antichrist. He's more dangerous than an atheist because he's pretending to be a Christian. You talk about a pretender to the throne. We have a pretender to the throne in the United States, and they have a pretender to the throne in the Vatican. You know, and the Antichrist, well, we talk, thank you, Lord. See, Lord's giving me a whole nother line on this. The Antichrist is a pretender to the throne of Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The Lord is reminding me of a message he gave me the other day that I talked about Solomon, Jedediah, how he was not in line to be the king. Absalom, who was in line to be the king, and then he rebelled against his father as a pretender to the throne, and they killed him. And then when David was on his deathbed, I just made a video about this the other day from the Lord. Absalom's younger brother, Abijah, Abijah or Abijah, he declared himself, he made it, he was a pretender to the throne. He just took the throne and said, and had people anoint him, and he's the king. Had a celebration and everything. And then the God made a way because the Lord wanted to show us it was by grace. So we talk about divorce. We talk about all those things, adultery, et cetera, et cetera. King David, a man after God's own heart, he sinned. Like every other human that ever lived besides Jesus, King David sinned. Committed adultery, had the husband killed to cover up his sin. But yet, that very woman, Bathsheba, God used the very same woman that stumbled King David. She didn't do anything wrong. He did it to bring forth Solomon, who was not in line. David had four wives and he had a bunch of kids. Solomon was way out of the secession to the throne. But yet by grace, and especially because it was Bathsheba, especially because of what King David had done, God chose the son of that union to ascend to the throne to be king. And so I believe it represents the church. Of course, it also represents the Lord Jesus Christ. There's this, you know, Absalom and his brother pretenders to the throne, like the Antichrist, the devil, Absalom, then his son, you know, the son of the devil, the Antichrist, pretenders to the throne. But the Lord is the king of kings. The throne belongs to him, you know. And I think, of course, what King Solomon, what did King Solomon do? He built the, the temple. So just, I mentioned it the other day. I just talked about that the other day. The Lord was showing me, you know, King Solomon on it in his own, just like us as Christians, not about, about Jesus, but about us, the body of Christ. We didn't do anything to deserve to be part of the temple of God. We are living stones, the Bible says, in the temple of God. So what does the temple do? What's the, what's the temple for? So a lot of people are very religious. And as I mentioned, that's why I do not like to hear people debating about all these secondary theological arguments. What's the temple for? What was King Solomon's temple for? to offer sacrifices, to offer praise, to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice for us in the New Testament, Romans 12, to come before the Lord, to have praise and worshipers, a whole army of priests to go in there and do praise and worship. We are praise and worshipers before the Lord, to go into the Holy of Holies, to go in there and, you know, with the, the light and the showbread and all those things. That's what, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We are the temple and we're supposed to be in the secret place of the Most High God. The dwelling place, he who dwells in the secret place. What's the secret place? The Holy of Holies in the heart of Christ. 
So that's why people ain't supposed to be in the temple talking about anything else. But they're to talk and worship God. Talk to God and worship God. So it reminds me, the Lord's reminding me, this whole other thing. The Lord's really giving me lots of great stuff tonight. When they built the temple, they had a rule. No equipment was allowed to be in the temple area. Every stone that they formed, everything, they built it outside the temple area. And then they carried the stones in there and assembled it. There was no hammering or any chiseling or any tools allowed on the temple mount, brothers and sisters. It had to be prepared on the ground and then carried up there. How about that? That's a whole message in itself. See, the Lord would shape us outside the camp. We would get hung up as Jesus was crucified outside the camp like the red heifer. And then when we're, the Lord has perfected us, then he assembles us, you know. And so that's another type of the rapture, right? When all those stones are perfected, they're put together. And there you have the assembled temple of God. So a lot of times, this is what the Lord has had me say to you. Everybody keeps saying Solomon's temple. But the Lord, why are you saying Solomon's temple? God built that temple. So when you think about, you know, you deserve the glory. See, a lot of times we give King Solomon the glory for building the temple when really God had the temple built. As a matter of fact, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Solomon was chosen by grace, just like us. See, King David, King Solomon's father, like our heavenly father, he did all the work. King David is the one that, that physically killed all the Philistines and all that and bought the threshing floor of Ordinan the Jebusite to build the temple and got everything ready. King David's the one that did all the work. King David was the man after God's own heart. It's like, well, in this case, it's like Jesus Christ is to us. The Lord is the one who sacrificed for us to be in this place. You know, so King David is like, of course, Jesus sits supposed to sit on the throne of King David. You know, he is like the son of David is what the Jews call him. So to be the son of David, to be like David. Of course, he is the son of God, too. He's the son of man. He's like the son of David. So David was a worshiper, a praiser, and a worshiper, and a warrior. So that's a whole other message in itself. King David was a shepherd boy. He was a shepherd who became a king. Jesus is the good shepherd, and he is also the king of kings. Many other things there that we could talk about. But Solomon was not in line to be king. He never did it. You think King Solomon really didn't do, have to do anything. It was all given to him on a golden platter. He God gave him wisdom and a heart of understanding. And he was the richest man and this wisest man that lived. He got to build the temple for God. He even had a, started a navy. And Israel expanded. The greatest moment in Israeli history was when King Solomon was in there. King Solomon was raised as the son of the king. There was He was not involved in any wars or any of that. All the other kings, you go read the kings. King David and then the descendants of Solomon. They're inviting, involved in all these wars and all this stuff. King Solomon, kings and queens came to see him and see his the glory that God had given him and the wisdom that God had given him and all these things. He And, and, and he just had it. This he was rich. And all those things, naturally, physically, spiritually, everything from God, brothers and sisters, it was all totally, God said, I'm doing this because I love David. I promised David I would do this, and that's why I'm doing it. So it's a whole other message here. I need to make a video on this. So in other words, why does the Lord, why does the Father love us? Why does the Father forgive us? Why does the Father bless us? Because of Jesus. What Jesus did, brothers and sisters, God 
You know, the Bible says that Jesus is our high priest seated at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for us, brothers and sisters. And God honors Jesus because of Jesus. For the sake of Jesus Christ, God is honoring everything he said. And he's receiving anybody who Jesus receives, the Father receives. So see, we see that in a type with King David and Solomon. God did it all by grace because he loved David, promised David. So you could also take that to the next level and talk about Israel. God's promised all those different people. And he says throughout the prophets in the Old Testament, these people have been wicked and bad and all that. But I promised Abraham, who was a friend of mine. Abraham was my friend, and I promised him that I would bless his seed. And he said, God says it through the Bible over and over again. I don't know how many times. Because somebody I knew is a friend of mine. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Joseph, the guys that I promised that I was going to bless, that I was going to deliver their seed. And that's why I'm going to do it. Same thing with King Solomon. King Solomon ended up marrying all these foreign wives. He did lots of things against the law of Moses. He built high places and allowed his foreign wives to build worship centers to their gods. And God told Solomon, I'm going to take the kingdom away, but not from you, because I promised David I would not in your lifetime. Only because I promised David. Not because you're a great guy or anything you did. He said, because I promised David, I will not take the kingdom away from you in your lifetime. I'll take it away from your son. So we see the grace of God, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. It's what the Lord wants you to know tonight, brothers and sisters. So I will review the three things that the Lord told me because there'll be people coming on here saying, what was the dream that he had? So the Lord, in my dream, the Lord said that Kenneth Copeland would die. Before the end time, the apostles of the end times would do, would do their ministry or begin. So I take that to mean the 144,000 witnesses, brothers and sisters. So you're talking about the tribulation. So he would die before the rapture. Kenneth Copeland. I knew he was old and uh, Paulette looked it up and said that he was 86 years old. So there you go. I mean, he's old. That's no surprise. But it is a surprise that, you know, I, would, I don't think about Kenneth Copeland. You know, so. The Lord's giving me dreams about different things. It's not, I would sit around thinking about Kenneth Copeland one way or the other, or, you know, it's not in my wheelhouse. But it just so happens that I'm, I'm, I'm about less than 30 minutes away from Kenneth Copeland's church. So maybe that's why the Lord gave it to me. I don't know. But there it is. And then he gave me these two Bible verses. And the Lord said from Matthew 24 about the tribulation, this is the beginning of sorrows. And then another Bible verse he gave me from Acts chapter 5, verse 39. I use the modern English version. The Lord said, you know, Gamamil is saying there about the apostles when they wanted to kill the apostles for using the name Jesus. And Gamamil said, if this be from God, you can't stop it. If it's not from God, it'll come to nothing. So the Lord said to me, what I'm about to begin, no man can stop it. That's what the Lord said to me. What I'm about to begin no man can stop it. And then he gave me that text. But the word he gave me was that. As a matter of fact, I had a vision. I saw the Lord riding a white horse and he was riding fast, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he said that to me. What I am about to begin, no man can stop. 
And then he gave me that text, what Gamma Mills said. So that's what the Lord shared with me that he wanted me to share with you, brothers and sisters. The video I made two nights ago, the Lord had given me these other verses that I shared from Daniel chapter 7 was one, that it's time for the books to be open. Talking about judging the, the nations. See, what is the tribulation about, brothers and sisters? See, that's, see the theme tonight, two themes. God gets the glory and not us, okay? Not Kenneth Copeland, not me, not Nebuchadnezzar. Nobody but the Lord, okay? But this other thing that's in through what I'm saying, I usually have these things from the Lord. I just don't call it out, but I am right now because the Lord is leading me to. The tribulation is coming. One reason is the fullness of sin that we never talk about. It's the fullness of sin of the people, brothers and sisters. That's what the Lord is looking at. So that's why we as Christians shouldn't be shocked and surprised it all the wickedness when they have storybook hour for kids and it's considered great. And anybody that doesn't embrace it is evil. And then Kirk Cameron, he does a Christian storybook hour and all hell shows up. So this is what you would expect, brothers and sisters, in the last days. I mean, I'm surprised it hasn't become a lot worse where they start, you know, doing to people like Sodom and Gomorrah and all that, and violence. So we pray that that won't happen, but the Lord knows. So I make sure I say that because, you know, the man, uh, I'll say this, that, uh, of course, we pray against any violence against anybody, and we don't want violence definitely against Christians. And, of course, we, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, when someone strikes you on one cheek, Unfortunately, the Lord said to turn to him the other cheek, right? And that's what the Lord told us to do. It's easier said than done, but that's what the Lord told us to do. And by his grace, we can do that. We got we, we to do what the Lord would have us do, brothers and sisters. You look at Stephen. Stephen, when they stoned Stephen, he said, you know, Lord, hold not this charge against them. Yes, it is all backwards, Coy. That's for sure. I know, Coy, you've been watching my videos for a long time, brother. I think when I, since I first started on YouTube. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. He is holy. He is righteous. Brother Parrish, how you doing tonight? Mary Deming and Foster Pebbles, David Diamond, how you doing? Praise God, Brother Bill. Sharon, good morning to you. Top of the morning to you there in the Emerald Isle. Praise God. Kentucky Lucy, I think I already said hello to everybody else if I miss somebody. I was talking and missed it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, that is a pretty good while. 11 years. Well, there you go. I've been on YouTube going on 12 years this summer. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Let's tell him you deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. We're going home soon, brothers and sisters. As I told you guys, the Lord had showed me that I would, that I would, this ministry, and maybe, you know, I don't know if that's for everybody else, but the Lord had showed me this one fat year, you know, and I and, and the Lord had showed me, I've been talking about this in videos. It's like, it's the time for that and the short work that the Lord would do. And I know the Lord keeps talking about me doing more evangelism. Now, is that just on YouTube? Maybe. I'm just, it's all up to the Lord. So that's why I just talked about that thing with King Solomon. It was really evangelism, brothers and sisters. And for us, it's by grace. 
It is by grace, hallelujah, what God has ordained, brothers and sisters, what God has ordained. Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws them. People, you know, as I always say, people say about, you know, Calvinism versus free will. I'm, what, yeah, I'm, as, I'm as Calvinist as the Lord is in the word, and I'm as free will as the Lord is in the word, whatever. I know there's a mystery to God's sovereignty and our free will. And anybody that thinks they know everything about God, well, pride goes before fall, brothers and sisters. You need to get off your high horse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We only know about God what he chooses to reveal to us. Even when you can sit there and look at the Bible, you can sit here and memorize the whole Bible, but the Bible itself says that the Bible is spiritually discerned. You read the, you can memorize the whole Bible. That don't mean you spiritually discern the meaning or what the Lord, you know, to rightly divide the word of God. That's why we have to keep humbling ourselves. Yep. That's the song, Barbara. That's the other one. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. I don't know if I've ever sang that song. Maybe I have. Yes, I'm not sure. I know the song. I don't think I might have never sang it in the video. Hallelujah. Worthy is the Lamb. Yes, you are holy. Holy. He is holy, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise. Tell him. Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's the second time the Lord has led me to say that tonight. Lord, we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, your kingdom shall not pass away. Oh, ancient of days. That's it. Daniel chapter 7, which is the last video I made, and we talked about that. Blessing and honor, glory and power be unto the ancient of days. From every nation, all of creation, bow before the ancient of days. Yes, every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory. Every knee shall bow at your throne. And worship, you will be exalted, O God, and your kingdom shall not pass away, O ancient of days. Yes, that's it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I can see that. As a matter of fact, I saw that while I was singing that. I saw us bowing before the throne of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just while with my eyes open. Praise God. Very rarely, but every once in a while, I even see something with my eyes open. At the same time, I can still see. How that works, I don't know, but I know God can do all things, brothers and sisters. Some of you guys experience all those things too. Hallelujah. Praise God. God gifts us all in different areas, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. People are gifted in different ways by the Lord, as Paul tells us, but it's the one self-same spirit. You know, to one is given this gift and one is given that, but it's uh, various operations and diverse operations of the spirit, but one self-same Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. One spirit, one baptism, one savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise his name tonight, brothers and sisters. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. 
I give honor to your name. Oh, Lord, honor to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. Yes, the blood of Jesus. That's it. <clears throat> Amen, Sister Barbara. We thank you for the blood of Jesus applied to our hearts, minds, and bodies tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you deserve all the glory and all the honor and all the praise be unto you, Lord. Unto you, unto you, who sits at the right hand of God. You are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, riches and wisdom and strength. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, riches and wisdom and strength. Be unto you, unto you, who sits at the right hand of God. You are worthy of our blessing and honor, glory and power, Riches and wisdom and strength. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord tonight, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise. Thank him for all of his goodness. Yes, we will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, <clears throat> that's it. That's it, Paulette. Jesus. Oh, that's a different song. You're the sweetest name of all. Jesus, you always hear me when I call. Jesus, you pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, sweetest name of all. Yes, Jesus, you're the sweetest name of all. Jesus. You always hear me when I call, Jesus. You pick me up each time I fall. You're the sweetest, sweetest name of all. That's it. That's a different song than you put. Yes. Jesus, name above all names. You're the beautiful Savior. Glorious Lord, Emmanuel, our God is with us. He's the blessed Redeemer, living word. Hallelujah. That's it. That's him. That's Jesus, name above all names, brothers and sisters. He is Emmanuel. Our God is with us. Yes, we give you the praise and glory tonight, Lord. You deserve all the glory, Lord Jesus, all the honor, all the praise belongs to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell him. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. We thank you, Lord. Father, we just receive your grace and your mercy tonight, Lord. Lord, you said if we confess our sins, you are just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, Lord. Lord, you said to Seek your face and turn from our wicked ways. Hallelujah, Lord. We came to seek your face. Your face is all that I seek. And when your eyes are on 
Your grace abounds to me. And Jesus, what a wonder you are. You are so gentle, so pure and so kind. You shine like the bright morning star. Jesus, what a wonder you are. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, Cody, well, it's all for the Lord. It's the Lord. It don't matter, you know, it doesn't matter for me. It's the anointing of the Spirit of God. It is the Lord who is on the throne. The Lord is the one, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Yes, God is the one that's good to us, brothers and sisters. Give him all the glory tonight. Father, I ask you to bless your people tonight, Father, with spirit of wisdom, spirit of love, and a spirit of power, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We just ask you tonight, seek your face, Lord, and we ask, Lord, for more of you. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. May there be more of you and less of me. May there be more of you. And less of me, I am hungry, thirsty, desperate for your presence. Yes, Lord, may there be more of you and less of me. May there be more of you and less of me. Hallelujah. Tell him, brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Empty yourself of your own will and your own desires and your own problems and issues so that the Lord can fill you with his peace. So many people are running to and fro looking for peace through drugs, peace through all these things, peace through strength, peace through alcohol, peace through other people. But Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Hallelujah. The peace of Jesus Christ surpasses all understanding, the Bible says, brothers and sisters. The Lord wants you to walk in his shalom, his peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you the praise and glory in the mighty name of Jesus. For you are, Lord, the Prince of Peace, the wonderful counselor, the everlasting God. You are the Father. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, Lord Jesus, we give you the praise. We give you the praise. It's another verse the Lord gave me last night. It was Isaiah 9, 6, or in, um, 9, 6 and 7, maybe. We read last night, too, or two nights ago. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. Yes, thank you, Jesus, tonight for your mighty glory, Lord, for your mighty praise. Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Yes, Lord. You are worthy of all blessing and honor and glory and power, Lord Jesus. Tell him, tell him, Lord, you're worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy to open the book. You are worthy to break the seals, the title deed of this earth, Lord, to take back the kingdoms of man and make them the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. Hallelujah. Forever and ever and ever. And he shall reign forever and he shall reign forever and he shall reign forevermore yes lord we give you the praise and glory tonight lord and of his kingdom there shall be no end hallelujah we praise you tonight lord jesus
Yes, Lord. We honor you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah, for you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe somebody's watching me. Maybe somebody, I don't know, but the Lord is repeating for me to say it again. No man can stop what the Lord is about to do. Hallelujah. Yes. No powers of hell nor schemes of man. Yes. Can ever pluck us from his hands, brothers and sisters, tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory for the things he has done. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I hear the Lord say it's a resurrection of the church, the resurrection of the bride. Hallelujah. As the Lord would call us to come forth, even as he did Lazarus, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The resurrection of the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we give you the praise and the glory of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Right now, Lord, we, for 2,000 years, your true bride has been celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. And now it's time for the resurrection of his body. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. That the two shall become one flesh, the bride and the bridegroom. Hallelujah. The consummation of the ages, brothers and sisters. 2,000 year betrothal is coming to a swift end, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord has given us that kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hallelujah. Far above all powers and principalities and forces of darkness, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. 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 We win the crown of life. Praise God in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. The enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make a joyful sound. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of praise. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Hallelujah. Praise God. We thank you tonight, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. God is good. Yes. God is good all the time. He put a song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. God is good all the time. Yes. We were sinners so unworthy. But for us, he chose to die. He filled us with his Holy Spirit so we could stand and testify that his love is everlasting and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. God is good. God is good all the time. Hallelujah. Mr. Ken, God is good. Bill, God is good. Hallelujah. Deborah, God is good. Julia, Francis, God is good. Mary, God is good. Hallelujah. Sharon, God is good. Paloma, God is good in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. He is the God of salvation. As I told you guys, I talked about it the other day. The Lord has reminded me. He is the God of salvation. Salvation just doesn't mean you got saved. Salvation is deliverance. Salvation is culminates going to heaven. 
it's not just about, oh, I'm born again, but what's the point of being born again? It's salvation, brothers and sisters. We're talking about being saved from death, hell, and the grave. Saved from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. Salvation, getting born again, just the beginning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you the praise. Yes. Hallelujah. I agree with you too, PRM. Hallelujah for the healing in Jesus' name. Praise God, brothers and sisters. The Lord is going to lift us. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else would help, love lifted me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. What is it? That's one of those hymnals, you know. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the blessed shore. Something like that. Hallelujah. Then the master of the earth. I can't remember how it goes now. Yeah, that's the old hymnal song. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Jesus Christ is risen and the work's already done. Praise the Lord. He can work with those who praise him. Praise the Lord. For God inhabits praise. Praise the Lord. Those chains that seem to bind you serve only to remind you they'll drop powerless behind you when you praise him. Hallelujah. Praise God, brothers and sisters. God is good tonight. Yes. Lord of all creation. Water, earth, and sky. The heavens are your tabernacles. Glory to the Lord on high. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. Hold me, Lord of heaven and earth. Yes, hallelujah. It's by the grace of God, by faith. Hallelujah, Julia. As it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The Lord said in Revelation 3, 10, because you have kept the word of my patience or patiently kept my word, I will keep you from or out of the, the temptation to come upon the whole earth, the hour of temptation to come upon the whole earth, to try all those who live upon the earth. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and the glory tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the work that you did on the cross, Jesus, for us. Yes, hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, it's at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Was it because what I had done? He groaned upon the tree. That's it, brothers and sisters. It was because all what we had done, all of our sins. That's why Jesus went to the cross. For your sin, my sin, everybody's sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The lamb that knew no sin became sin for us, the Bible says. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise. Yes. He is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. The lamb is worthy. The lamb is worthy of all honor, 
glory and praise. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, we give you the praise tonight, Lord Jesus. You are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Yes. Let's go. Because thou biddest me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I come. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise. You know, the Lord said no man can come to them unless the Father would draw them. I just speak it tonight in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that the Lord, the Lamb of God, is drawing people to him right now. Even those, some people who will see this video live right now or see it later, the Lord Jesus Christ is calling you. Hallelujah. The Lord doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants every single person on the face of this earth that ever lived to join him in heaven. That's what the, the word of God says, that the Lord wishes none to perish, but to all to come to repentance. Hallelujah. Repent means to change your mind, change your heart, change your actions. Give up your place on the throne of your heart. Give up your position as the God of your own life. Give up the position of living for your own pleasure in this last days, particularly living for your own pleasure, your own benefit, your own joy. Jesus said those who lose their life for my sake will gain their life. And those who keep their life will lose it. The Lord wants to be the God of your life. The Lord Jesus Christ wants to sit on the throne of your heart. To be a Christian is, is Jesus is your Lord and Savior. The Bible says that those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And the Bible says that His Spirit will be a witness to our spirits that we are children of God, both in Romans chapter 8. So this is what the Lord, I'm asking you to sing this with me right now, brothers and sisters, as the power of God just as when King David played the harp, the power of God came down. And as we sing right now, by the grace of God, the power of God will come down, particularly for the lost spirit of the love of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, we give you the praise. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Hallelujah.
Many people got to leave your friends behind. Just like God told Abraham, leave your family. And I'm going to go to a place I'll show you. And I will make you the father of many nations, brothers and sisters. People love to harp on. It says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Amen. But then Abraham did it, brothers and sisters. He was already 75 years old and gave up his whole life. He gave up everything he knew. He lost his life to follow Jesus. We talked about it earlier. Paul lost his career, lost his life, his place in history of Judaism as the greatest teacher in the history of Judaism. He gave all that up. He said, I counted all his dung, manure, garbage for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. Give up everything. Abraham gave up everything to follow the Lord. Peter said, you know, we've given up everything to follow you, Lord. What about us? And Jesus said, you have wells and, and houses and vineyards in this life and in the life to come with tribulation, with troubles. We are salt and light, brothers and sisters. So as salt and light, we repel darkness. We repel bacteria, evil. We run up against it. To be a Christian is a wave maker. You know, it's the song, God the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a way maker. We're wave makers. That's a whole nother message. We're called to make waves in this world. The Lord threw us, just like Peter is a stone. You know, when I was a kid, you know, you've seen people do that. You take a stone and then you skip it across the water making waves. That's what the Lord has done with us. That's what the Lord's done with me. It's what the Lord wants to do with you. Like Peter, a stone. The Lord wants to throw you upon the water, right? We've been talking about that for weeks from the Lord. What is the water? It's the sea of nations. It's the Gentile nations. It's chaos. It's going all over the place. It represents the world, the unsaved world, the waters. So how about that? That's a whole other message. I need to do a video on that. Have you made any ripples? Have you made any waves in the sea of nations, brothers and sisters, as a Christian? We're a rock that the Lord threw into the water. We're wave makers. To be a Christian is to be a wave maker, brothers and sisters. You know, that's what these old, it's, that's like the establishment government and the establishment corporations and the establishment church. Don't make any waves. You know, that's why they didn't like the orange man. Really. You talk about McConnell and all those swamp creatures. They don't want any waves. They want to keep everything status quo so they can all get rich. Same thing with the false church and religious leaders. You know, we're building our own kingdom here. That's why they don't want to talk about the end times. That's how they don't want to really preach the gospel, any of that, because, you know, and that's what non-believers see. Non-believers see hypocrites. They see people not living the Christian life and all that. They see people going along to get along with the world. Because they don't want to be wave makers. Brothers and sisters, that's a whole other message that we're changing into here. Brothers and sisters, we've been called to be salt and light. You put salt in a wound, you shine the light in the darkness, people's going to squint their eyes. People's been in darkness, they don't want no light shining in their face. Remember back in the day, some of you guys, a lot of you guys are even older than me. You remember they used to have those home movie cameras and they'd have a big old light on it. And people would try to make a whole movie those old, you know, eight millimeter movies or whatever, and they had a big, great big old light on there, or the old flashes, like a camera with a flash on it. It's just like in a dim lit room. It'll blind you for how many minutes? 
that kind of a thing, brothers and sisters. The gospel is supposed to be a blinding light in the eyes of those in darkness, brothers and sisters. You should get a reaction. Hey, turn that light off. Or, you know, hey, that light is awesome. I, I want to I go out in the light. Get out of this darkness and go out in the sunlight. That's so it. And some people get mad and say, leave me alone. It's dark in here. You know, I don't like that light. As Jesus said, they love darkness because their deeds are evil. Hallelujah. That's why you think about it. Do people go to bars in the daytime? They could, but most of the bars and all the things going on is at night. Literally in the natural darkness, much less the spiritual darkness. They go hand in hand, brothers and sisters. You don't see, you know, so much bars and all that activity in, in the morning. It's always at night, brothers and sisters. So people can hide from the light of the sun and the light of the S-O-N and the S-U-N. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I know somebody see that. So I, I'm explaining what really means to be a Christian. So a lot, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they're a bunch of hypocrites. They're fake and all this. You've been looking at the Pope. You've been looking at maybe some Joel Osteen or whatever you've been looking at. I'll say two things. Number one, Joel Osteen has to answer to the Lord and you have to answer to the Lord. So whether Joel Osteen is good or bad or a Christian or whatever he is, that has nothing to do with you. Because you cannot say, well, look at Joel Osteen. He, he's been bad. Well, so what's that got to do with you? So I don't know why people, they always look for any excuse. You know, so it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. People have all kinds of excuses. I've heard them all as a preacher for 23 years. Oh, you know, there's a bunch of hypocrites in that church. Well, don't go to that church. Or maybe God wants to use you in there to help those people. You know, I mean, what is, what has those people got to do with you? Because we individually get saved. I mean, as, as we sang the song, though none go with me, still I will follow. So, so especially for young people, a lot of your friends are going to mock you, make fun of you, and attack you. That's the cost of being a Christian. You can't be loved by the world and loved by the Lord at the same time. That's what Jesus said. Those who are, who are followers of Jesus are at enmity with the world. And those who love the world are at enmity with God. That's what the Bible says, what Jesus said. So, you know, all this seeker-friendly stuff is getting people confused. All these, you know, people on television. As we talked about, half of them are talking about prosperity gospel. And then the other half are on there debating Calvinism and, you know, all this order of salvation and, and, and the King James only or whatever, or evolution versus creation, all those things that you're talking about instead of what we should be talking about. We should be talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. What it means to be a Christian. It means to follow Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 13, hey, you got to count the cost. Before a, before a general, take a king takes his army into battle, he counts the cost, whether he can do it or not. When a, somebody's going to build a building, they count the cost, whether they can have enough money and everything to finish the building or not. And Jesus was talking about becoming one of his disciples. It does cause something to follow Jesus. That means like you got to give up, like we talked about Paul and Abraham. You got to give up your own will. Now, sometimes you can, you're a businessman or whatever, and you stay in your business, and God blesses you, and He wants you to stay there because He wants you to be blessed, and He wants to use you as a businessman in the church, right? To build, to build orphanages, to build churches, whatever. It's also true, but many things in our lives, and most of the time, we have to leave our family and leave the place where we are, and the Lord will take us to a place He will show us, just like Abraham. It's like what happened to the disciples. 
These churches aren't telling people that. It's the truth, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We have, Jesus said, those who lose their life for my sake will gain their eternal life. So you have to give it up. Now you give up everything. Then the Lord says, you know, as an example, you say, Lord, okay, Lord, I give up everything I'm doing and I'm following you. Then the Lord says, well, you know, you give it to him and then he lets you, he gives it back to you. You know, the Lord's like, okay, that's, that's fine. So, I mean, you know, that's a whole nother message. That's the thing about the Lord. If the, Jesus told Peter, ask Peter at the end of the gospel of John, do you love these others more than, do you love me more than they do? You love me, you know? And then Peter's like, yeah, you know, I love you. You know, and Jesus said, well, if you love me, you'll do what I say, which is feed my sheep. So it's like that. So in other words, if the, the, the you have the love of money, then the Lord will want you to get, you know, give up your money. Like the rich young ruler. I see a lot of atheists say something about that. Well, to be a real Christian, you got to give everything away you got. That man, it says, the rich young ruler, he loved money. So the Lord said to him, if you want to be perfect, give away everything you have and follow me. See, the guy went away sad. He wasn't going to do it. See? But as an example, someone that would give everything up, then the Lord's like, okay, you, you can keep your stuff. You can just give 10% or whatever because it's not your God. That's what the Lord's looking at, that you're willing to give up. He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart. You're willing to give up anything for him. If he says, I want you to move to the Philippines, you'll go. If move to Alaska, move to Africa. You know, I want you to go build an orphanage in Africa. I want you to go to Africa and be an evangelist or whatever. You're willing to do it. And the Lord knows if you're willing to do what he says or not. That's what we're talking about. Not that you'll always, oh, you got to, you know, go live, you know, walk around with nothing but just what's on your clothes on your back and, and God provide your daily meal. He could do that too. Some people, maybe there's some people who need to go through that. You know, it's up to the Lord. You got to be willing to give up everything for Jesus. That's what the Lord's looking at. Do you love something more than you love him? That's where the struggle is. For people that are really trying to walk with the Lord. So in other words, do I love some TV show more than I love the Lord? You know, praying or evangelizing people or whatever. You know, visiting people in the hospital. Whatever you want to talk about. Doing something for the Lord. This is when you're really trying to, you know, be a disciple of Jesus and walk with him. These are the things we're talking about. Do you? There's a lot of people on here as an example that, that smoke cigarettes. Now we know that's a waste of money and it's bad for you. And it's an appearance of evil and it's a bad witness. That's why it's a sin, because the Bible says avoid all appearance of evil. And it's a huge waste of money. And, you know, it stumbles other people, non-believers. Oh, you're a Christian. You're there. You're doing all that smoking. Whatever. There are plenty of reasons, even though it's not like, oh, you know, something like, you know, well, you're killing people. But it's it's something that's addictive, as an example, on the lower end of sanctification. Okay, let's say that. And then there'll be people arguing of why, you know, it's not a sin to smoke. Okay. And, and one way you could look at it and say, no, because you're only hurting yourself. You know, but I guess secondhand smoke is hurting other people. That would make it a sin, too, because you're harming other people that, that live with you or whatever. You could say that, but you think about it. When people start defending something like that, as an example, it's like, do you love the Lord more than this? It seems that you love this more than you love the Lord. You know, And so those are the kind of things that we deal with as a Christian. You know, That's really what it means to be a Christian. You know, It's like... I love the Lord above all else. And then the Lord, is if it's something that's not an issue, he's, he's not dealing with you in that issue if it's not an issue. If you guys can understand what I'm saying, hallelujah. Amen, Anna G., that's another one. Yes. 
Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Yep, that's it. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight, brothers and sisters. Well, I've given several different little bit of uh, add-ons there at the end. Hallelujah. I think I'll wrap it up tonight, brothers and sisters. You guys have a blessed night in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So PRM, God bless. Hannah, Bill, Deborah, Paulette, Chrissy, Mary, Deming, God bless. Praise God. Kentucky Lucy, Deborah. I think I already said it. I'll say it again, Deborah. Hallelujah. God bless you guys tonight. Nick at night. God bless, brother. Hallelujah. It's good that your channel is Nick at night because I usually do my videos at night for those in the U.S. Hallelujah. Anyway, Mr. Ken, God bless. Hallelujah. Sharon, God bless. Good morning. Top of the morning to you there. Hallelujah. In Ireland, Laura, God bless. Hallelujah. God is good tonight, brothers and sisters. Give him the praise and thank him. Hallelujah for his glory, his glory, his glory. Ha <laughs> ha There you go. That's it. Yep. We're, I'm always on at night. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, it's the way it works out. Some people are morning people and some people are night people. So the people watching me in the UK and Germany and then in Australia, maybe they're morning people, right? And then the ones in the U.S. are watching me are night people, especially people on the East Coast. Hallelujah and Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. Thomas, God bless. Good evening. Good night. Good day. And have a pleasant tomorrow. How about that? Hallelujah. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. I think that's the right expression. Hallelujah. From the communist Walter Cronkite. He was a communist, brothers and sisters. He was all involved with the, uh, the you know, the Council on Foreign Relations and all that stuff. Hallelujah. God bless you guys tonight. Things are never as they seem in the world, brothers and sisters. Chrissy, God bless tonight. Hallelujah. God bless. Yes. God bless, Paulette. Good night. God bless, everyone. God bless.